Welcome to another episode of the Group Up Podcast. We're here for the great tank debate. I've got an incredible lineup of tank players and one imposter sitting with me here, <laughs> ready to talk about the state of tanks and the hot topic issue of why nobody wants to play tank anymore. Last week, we had a lengthy debate with there where Samito and Hawk argued that it was largely down to 6v6 and the removal of 6v6 for 5v5. But we'll see what these guys have to say. So let's introduce my guest in the bottom right. The most handsome hog main around, and there's not many, to be honest. It is Unsalted Salt. What's up, man? Hey, guys. I'm happy to be here. I got some interesting takes, and I'm uh, <laughs> excited for you guys to hear about it. You never don't have interesting takes. Every time you've been on the podcast, it's always left some some ripples in its wake. So we'll see what Salt is cooking this time. In the top right, it has been a, it's a very handsome call. I think everyone will agree. Looking with his new stash. I love the look. Yeetle, what's up, man? Yo, yo. What up? I... Hey, I've got some somewhat neutral, lukewarm takes, but I think I also got some spicy ones, so what up? I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to what he's got. In the bottom left, our last traditional tank main, coming heated, he says, is my man Flats. Flats, what's up? Hello. Hello, hello. Been a while, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, this season's been very interesting, so I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about. Oh, it has been. Interesting is one way to describe it. It's lots, lots, always cooking. Lots is cooking these days. Gone are the days where nothing was happening in Overwatch. Some shit is always going down these days, which is at least a different world we live in. And finally, to round us off, in the top left, the coach himself, the the expert on everything coming to Overwatch. It's my man, Spilo. Really? Spilo, what's up? You're all right. I feel like this is like a joke, you know, uh, a ball main, a roadhog main, a Reinhardt main, and a dwarf coach walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What happened? We'll, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Thanks for joining me. All right, guys, let's kick into it. To start us off, then, we're just going to do touch base with each of you. Give me a couple sentence summary of where you stand in a state of tank at the moment, because I want to know where what the feelers are. I want to know roughly what you guys are thinking. So we'll start with Salt, who said he has some interesting takes. Salt. Just a, a couple sentences, your summary of like state of tank, and if there's any particular tanks you think are you know outliers, whether that's in a bad way or a good way, let me know. Uh, well, I'm on the fence that tank is the worst role in the game, and that I mean you could argue yes, Arissa's good, but that's all we ever get. Every season, every tank is bad. You get one tank that's good. You play it. We have to go for it for two months of the same shit. The other tank doesn't die, you don't die, and you just, yeah, it's just horrible. But I'm on the, yeah, I'm on the wayside that tank is the worst role in the game. Okay, great start, great start. All right, I'm going to take it to Flats next. Flats, tank is the worst role in the game. Agree, disagree? Just tell your summary. Um, I'd probably, we'd probably disagree on the reasons, but I'll agree with the take. I do think it's the worst but i mean it depends on what you mean by subjective the worst like is it the worst to play is it the least fun is it the least impactful like you know what i mean like there's different things to, to talk about there i don't think we'd probably agree on all of it uh my overall feeling is uh the balanced philosophy of how to deal with tanks is such is fundamentally very flawed um and dps and support uh very clearly have like much more fun and things seem to be more options to them but the amount of uh or sorry the lack of i guess mistakes you're allowed on tank is unbelievably insane compared to the other two roles and makes it miserable and i think that mostly comes from a balanced philosophy standpoint i like it i like it all right Yidl, 
give us the the third tank take i i also don't think it's a format issue i think it's a balance issue i think tanks are um there's a lot of things in the game going into 5v5 that are a bit broken and it's hard to outplay them as tank and i feel like in overwatch one there was more outplayability so my take is that the problem with tank not feeling so good is balance issue but you also agree that it's kind of not in a fun space yes for sure Okay, okay. So no, not very happy chappies here, Spilo. How about you as someone more objective observer? What's your assessment on the state of tank? I, I think tank, especially with 5v5, is objectively the role that has to deal with the worst of whatever Overwatch has to offer, whether that's the, the crowd control or the balance, as was, was brought up. Uh, so it's whether it's going to be the most effective or least effective, it's always going to feel the worst. And that leads to my second point, which is uh, tank right now suffers from the indirect value problem where you can get a lot of value out of tank, but it doesn't feel very fun to do your job a lot of the time as tank. It feels a lot worse from Overwatch 1. And I think the problem is how are we going to be able to fix that? Tank is an extremely effective role, I think, at the highest level, but it doesn't always feel like that. And I think that that's what makes the, the role difficult to play. I like it. I like it. Lots to unpack here already. From my POV, I've been I've been playing tank for a couple of weeks and I've never wanted to install Overwatch more. So uh <laughs> I have not enjoyed it. I can I will I can definitely say I enjoy a lot of the tank heroes. Here's the thing. I enjoy a lot of the tank heroes. Recently picked up Doomfist thanks to Samido coaching, having a blast on that hero. I enjoy playing Junker Queen a lot. She's a great tank. Enjoying Sigma as well as 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 long as as well as my original OGs of, of Reinhardt Winston, but it has been miserable. The games have been, it feels like the burden is so high on the tank to like do so much. And and when it comes to like carrying the game, it feels like you have to drop like 30 to one or something just to just to actually make sure you might win the game. So it's been a frustrating experience. I went back to support the last couple of days. I've, I'm, I'm a better human now. I'm feeling way more chill. I'm enjoying life. So we'll get into all of those, but let's, let's fixate first on this balance issue because a couple of you... Yedel and Flats both said kind of like it's a balance thing. I think they've taken some some wrong steps. I want to take it to Yedel first. Yedel, you've kind of you've made some discussion videos on this on on where you feel like particularly Ball, the Fall of Ball video is a great one. And we'll talk about each tank, by the way, individually at some point in this video, so or in this podcast. So we'll get to Ball specifically. But overall, what is it when you say balance is perhaps why tank feels not so fun? What do you think? What you mean by that? I think there's a couple things that didn't translate well going into the Overwatch 2, and one of them being snipers, for example. Like in Overwatch 1, you could go two shields, or if you ran dive like Winston and D.Va, you could have your D.Va matrix your team through a choke, or go on the dive on the snipers. But in Overwatch 2, it's a little bit harder to deal with the snipers because not every tank has a shield or mobility. So if you're not playing one of those tanks, you're kind of screwed. Um, snipers are just one example because long-range one-shots you're kind of at the mercy of your team whenever you play Havana if you don't have the better Widow player. That's just how it is. Um, another thing is probably, I'd say, uh, Sombra's hack is also a pretty bad one because the problem with hack is, again, the outplayability. Like, if she hacks you in stealth from, like, an angle or behind, there's not really much you can do about it if you're not in a certain tank. Like, for example, Reinhardt hit a quick 180 shield or Winston drop your bubble instantly. Like, most of the other tanks, if she's hacking you, you're screwed. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't outplay that for the most part other than, I guess, like, spy checking on D.Va or something like that. But um, that's, like, the second example. I think another one is is Cleanse. 
right, uh, on Kiriko, the fact that you can be taking a 1v1 somewhere on the side of the map and then Kiriko just TPs and cleanse, how do y'all play that? How are you How are you expected to be like, oh yeah, she had TP and cleanse, and now that 1v1, that it, it came down to the last HP that I was about to win it, I took the right calculation, she TP cleansed. And they can still shoot while they're in cleanse. Look at Overwatch 1, the people that had uh, immortality per se, Reaper and Moira, they both fade, but they can't shoot, right? And then I'd, I'd say the only other really pr big problem in Overwatch One was was slam. But anyways, I'm I'm kind of kind of digressing. But I think those things are all a lot more annoying to deal with in Overwatch Two because you don't have the other tank. That's that's basically it. But are you you're not? Oh, a oh believer. sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. One more big thing: Ana in Overwatch Two is 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 actually a big problem because. Uh, again, you don't have two <laughs> tanks, so you can't you can't matrix it. You can't shield it. No matter what, like the only people that can stop it, I think, are Sigma and Diva that can completely outplay both her cooldowns. Everybody else, at most one cooldown, and I'd say half the tanks can't even outplay it, either of them. So like, then you got the whole rest of the roster. It, it it all comes down to my my argument is that if you can't outplay it, it's broken. And there's a lot of that in Overwatch too. And Ana's one of the big threats for that because you just can't outplay her sleeping or nading you if you don't have the the ability to do it. So, and you, it. just just to be clear, because you said, oh, you know, this is from now we're 5v5. You're not a believer that it would have been better in 6v6, like we, we were better off in 6v6? No, no, no. I think 6v6 does solve a lot of these problems. And I'm, I don't really care either way if it's 5v5 or 6v6. But I would like to see 5v5 on a good patch, like where they deal with these things that I'm claiming to be broken. Like, if okay. they dealt with that, I feel like 5v5 wouldn't be that bad for tanks. Okay, well, I'm going to let Salt chime in because he was, he was almost performing a 90s R&B boy band number uh, <laughs> when, when you said that uh, Ana was a problem. So, Salt, like, a lot of the things that Yidl point out, you think those are the problems or you think there's a, there's a bigger issue at play? Um, I mean, for sure, 5v5 does result in a lot of problems because 6v6, there's another person to, you know, uh, take an extra CC or have, you know, an extra person to look at. But I think a big issue at hand is that, just as you was said, supports in general just have way too much. They have an answer for everything. It's like, okay, I wait for cleanse. Okay, now I use this ability. Wait, the other support has invulnerability. Or maybe a pool. Or maybe, you know, uh, a lamp. Or, you know, I think it's just... It's just horrible as a tank to, you know, deal with it. Because it's literally like a checklist, like a shopping checklist. Oh, yeah, there's cleanse, TP, nade, sleep. Okay, now I can go in. And then by the time you go in, it's back on rotation. And, um, slipped my mind now. But, yeah, I think 5v5 format just results in rock, paper, scissors as well. Because, you know, you're just, you're just one tank. And obviously how Overwatch used to be, you know, uh, choosing a certain hero allowed you to get an advantage over the other person, you know, when they're playing a certain hero. For example, you know, Hog or Anna. But now it's such a, you know, easy key to use to win in 5v5. So yeah, 6v6 did allow you to, you know, stop a lot of that stuff from happening. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to take it to, to Flasics. By the way, guys, you know, feel free at any point to kind of jump in if you feel like someone's uh, saying something and you really want to vibe off of that. You could also do what Sam did last week, which is raise your hand very politely like a schoolboy. So whatever whatever works for you. 
um, if you want to just chime in. Actually, Yidl, you got something immediately you want to say? Or is yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. One, one more thing, uh, because Salt mentioned supports uh, being a bit of a problem. I think another really good example of like, you can't outplay this is again, Kiriko cleanse. Like if you go in for an engage, let's say you land a pin, you calculated it perfectly, or you go as a, for a pile driver as ball that gets cleansed. And all of a sudden your value as a tank is gone. You're either feeding or like you're gone for the next 20 seconds. So I, I think that's another, like, how am I supposed to outplay that? Mm. So yeah, sorry. No, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's like it's turning into therapy session here. Like, what am I supposed to do, man? And and, and kind of uh, Yidl and, and Salt have kind of alluded to this is like a legacy of switching over from six v six. Flash, you've obviously you're in you're in the same group chat I am. So you've seen Frito and Samito with lengthy paragraphs back and forth arguing for six v six five v five. What's better, going going at it? Do you think uh, this is a six v six to five v five issue, or do you think it's just a balance that they have not they can solve? Yeah, I literally have no dog in this fight. I remember, I think you asked me, you were like, oh, what? like someone said it, and I was like, honestly, I don't care. Like, I actually think there's no difference between 5v5 and 6v6 because we look at 6v6 with rose-tinted glasses, but, you know, it got me a little bit thinking, right? And I kind of always work off this assumption that people are kind of dumb, and if you ask people, what what's the meta right now? Most people are going to answer it's Arisa meta, right? Like, people will say it's Arisa meta. Like, that happens with everything, right? They always say whatever the main tank is. They never talk about everything else. Unless it's, like, hard dominating. Like, we're talking, like, Widow is killing everybody. Like, oh, it's a sniper meta, right? Like, other than that. So, you know, it got me really kind of thinking even back to old Overwatch, right? Re why is the reason we had roll queue? Well, the roll queue kind of came because, one, the ranked experience was kind of, or just, like, playing the game was kind of shit. Because you'd get, you know, those games where you had six DPS or... You know, four DPS and a Mercy. You know, it was it was never a good time. And then before that, you know, you kind of got bullied. Like someone got bullied onto playing Mercy every day, every game during Dive Meta because you needed to have a Mercy during Moth Meta. And then before that, we had Triple Tank, and Triple Tank was kind of made by Ana because Ana was so good. Uh, yeah, Soldier was kind of good too. Like he was like like the DPS. So you had the Triple Tank plus Ana Soldier kind of you know thing going on. But it was it was mostly Ana with like. You know, you had like Nano Boost, that was really good. Uh, Lucio was still pretty good, but you had the Synergy. Uh, and then, you know, past Goats, we got into the Orisa Hog meta, but like, you know, that quickly became Double Shield, but that was kind of reinforced by Bat Brig. Uh, and then later into the history of Overwatch, we ended up having that Zen Brig meta, uh, which you played like Hog Ball slash like Sig Ball slash Hog Ball. But it was all dominated again by the Brig Zen. But people, no one, no one ever thinks about that. Everyone always says it's the tanks. Like it's the first thing they always jump to is tanks, 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 tanks. And you know, uh, I, 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 my personal hot take is I don't even think Aris is that strong right now. I think she's good, but the reason why she's good is because she's a fucking wall and she just stands there. And there used to be other things when a wall would just stand there. We'd go Winston, We'd just fuck it, screw it, just go over the Arisa, ignore. Her. But you can't do that because you're gate kept by Bastion. Gate kept by Brig. Bap's really good still. Ana's really good still. Life Weaver actually is somehow, at least in ranked, like really hard to dive now because, like, he's got a million escape tools and just so much HP. The passive nerf didn't even feel like it did anything. Like, it felt no different. Uh, Mercy's still okay. I wouldn't say Mercy's great, but, like, you know, if we're talking about, like, going to kill a support, Mercy's kind of hard to kill a lot of time. We had, you know, they've all talked about Kiriko and all that stuff, but. 
you know, that's kind of why we get into this meta where you sit there and play Arisa and just don't move and don't die because uh, my my hot take is that the way tank is balanced now is almost like old support philosophy where you're basically supposed to be enabling people um, instead of being a playmaker. So the reason why you can't play anything other than Arisa right now is because you're not supposed to go make plays. You're supposed to stand there and wait like a good little tank player until eventually something gets close enough that you kill them or their tank gets too antsy and feeds or someone on your team makes a play, right? So it's it's very weird. Uh, and I think that's why it's become more boring than anything uh, and very unfun and very unimpactful because when I actually do make plays, I'm more or less not really making a play i'm just more punishing them for doing something stupid and like mm -hmm. that sucks because i don't feel like i'm doing anything i feel like i have to wait for them to fuck up right and it's like when you're playing a game of waiting for someone else to fuck up that's how you get life weaver at launch where everybody sat there like you know like the whole point of life Weaver was sitting there waiting to pull somebody it's unfun and it's boring but there's also another part of that where i think because tank players are kind of like the minority of the player base. There's not really a lot of them to talk about it. So we kind of get steamrolled and nobody cares about it, right? Because like the supports are really, really loud. Let's be honest with ourselves. Support players are very loud. Uh, DPS players are probably the majority. Um, at least back in Overwatch 1 always was longest queue time, you know, most amount of players. So even though it's in a balanced spot, they probably have the most amount of players. We don't know what the player numbers are because Blizzard doesn't tell us that type of information. So by process of elimination, I assume tank players are probably in the minority here. So when you have less people and it's not as loud, our problems are going to kind of go under the radar a little bit more. Um, sorry, I'm, I guess I'm kind of yeah. rambling a little bit here. I'll, I'll wrap it up. But the point is, though, I don't think value 5 or 6v6 really matters. I would honestly, maybe I'm in left field. What? Fuck it. Let's go 4v4. One tank, two DPS, <laughs> one support. The support wow. keep all of their tools. And in damage comes down, healing comes down, everyone still has impact. Wow, I, did, I did not think you'd come in and drop that. Okay, sorry. Who has who? So, couple voices here. Who's trying to say something? Say, Go ahead, Salt. Yeah, on the point, like on Twitter, like supports are cry, uh, crybabies, bro. What they do is like, you say one take and they get their whole personality hurt. It's like, oh, fuck yourself. You're a mercy player, bro. Like, I don't care if I have a comment about your fucking character. Yep, I'm getting personally invested. <laughs> Plus, peace out. I didn't Anna's start that. Too. I didn't initiate that. Uh, I hate the fact that Anna is known as a skill hero. It's not. You spam your fucking nade and sleep from across the fucking map. You're dog shit at the game, too. And it's very easy to heal and do dam damage. That's why it's been meta for six seasons in fucking Korea. Bap has three fucking health pools. Life Weaver has every answer under the Bible. I'm pretty sure he's sent by fucking Jesus Christ himself. And the only character that's, like, somewhat balanced is probably Zen or fucking Lucio. And, yeah, like, us tank players, we just bend over and take it. That's all we do. We have a comment, it gets shut down. Every fucking time. And, like, I, I agree with Flats. Four, well, I'm not sure about 4v4, but it would fucking help. Because, you know, supports have an answer for fucking everything. No matter what. No matter what I do, they just have an answer for it. It's just annoying that an ability can counter my ult every fucking time. But I can't do that as a tank. So it doesn't make sense, you know? But, yeah. Interesting. There's a couple different points there. One is the, is the, is the kind of actual just a player-based minority issue, right? Which is what Flats alluded to as well, is that 
tanks have always been historically just the least number of players. And so there's a feeling here amongst the, the squad that the, the feelings of the minority are being ignored. Mm. Salt? Sorry, can I say one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. It's like, I've heard this, um, this comment of tanks are not meant to kill. Tanks are not meant to, you know, um, you know, make plays. They're just, or they're meant to make space. Who the fuck wants to log into a game and make space? For it as a game. No, no, that's like, because people what? are dumb though. That's how you how you make space is you have to be threatening. Yeah, it's like not threatening. Like, that's not hey, space. Hey, focus me. That's my gameplay, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, get real. Like, what kind of? It's a fucking game. I don't want to make space. I want to make plays with my team. Do this, you know. Kill this. Have a be, ha, be able to, you know, kill something myself. So yeah, I, I think anyone that says tank is only for space making is just brain dead. The problem with tank and support is that, like, remember initially when Overwatch 2 launched, everyone was like, oh, support's the weakest role to just get dove and die off of cooldown. Yeah. And there were people out there. I'm going to ego trip here. I was one of those people. Overwatch League helped because we had beta and alpha access and a lot of practice on it. But we're like, yo, no, support's strong. You just got to, like, you got to shift your mindset away from pumping, healing up, you know, your tank's butt. You got to take space and take angles and take duels. And then what's happened is that, like, that plus a, a tiny little bit of support creep, power creep, has kind of kicked in and supports have you've either it's it's been like really a survival of the fittest for supports you either learn how to dps or you die you go back to bronze that's that's all there is so what we've had happen is that supports have learned how to play overwatch 2 and supports now have this new identity where like now i am a playmaker now i am able to take and win duels but yet tank still feels like it's the oh you take space you don't you don't have that identity anymore so it's like now supports have this new identity of like more responsibility to take care of themselves and to make plays themselves. But tanks don't have that identity anymore. They've lost a lot of that damage. They've lost a lot of that lethality. And, and Salt's right, like you can't make space consistently without threat. And the problem is, is that you can make space by threatening kills as a Winston and jumping backline and forcing Wraith and turret form and nade and sleep. And your team may or may not win the fight off of that, but it feels terrible. It feels terrible because the the lethality of your jump there is no nuance to it you're, you're you force the cooldowns and you have to wait it out and you force cooldowns and you wait it out and you force cooldowns and you wait it out and and there ever never is a very rarely will be a switch from i'm getting indirect value to where i'm actually getting direct value and securing kills whereas with support that switch can flip happen very quickly you hit a sleep dart you hit a nade and all of a sudden you're the one popping off um and i think with a hero like arissa like what flats is saying um arissa I wouldn't say is a more effective tank than any of the other tanks. She just feels better because you're not constantly, yeah. you have tools to deal with the CC. You still absorb it. You don't have the mobility and even really the range to consistently actually punish backliners and supports and DPS, but it feels great. Even the dopamine of hitting a javelin is the stupidest CC in the game. It's got the hitbox of a Mack truck, but it feels awesome. And so I might lose the game, but I've got all the stats. I have low deaths. I felt awesome. and had a great time doing it. Um, and, 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 and I don't have the enemy tank chasing me around the map like I would if I was playing Winston or Ball or Ryan. I love it. Yeah, I was going to go to Spilo next anyways, but I'm, I'm really grateful for that input. Yidl, you've been silently listening to these complaints for a little bit. Do you have anything you want to vibe off of this feeling that like, you know, you know no one wants to log in and, and just take space and that's yet what's being asked of tank players? Yeah, I mean, I for this one, I think we're mostly in the greens. Like, there's not too much more to say other than support is literally tank, DPS, and support yeah, all in that. one. Like, 
they they can take space they can win dps duels and (laughs) it's true it's just true i mean some of us are flats you're playing support aren't you you've been playing them a lot more I mean, I, I, dude, I'm somehow like GM like three or something in GM one last season on support. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. The characters play themselves half the time, exactly. but I don't want to say that because people get really upset. And no, uh, they really do. There's still well, I, I mean, I, there's still people that come after me and say that support is weak right now, like this season or last they're, season. They're smoking. And they're smoking I have that larger casual audience. If you're talking like TikTok, YouTube shorts, stuff like that. And it's like they do genuinely still believe that their their role is weak. Um, and as somebody who very early on in like Overwatch, like the betas to like launch Overwatch, I also said like, hey, like support has to do a lot. And it felt like it was weak. And I was someone who advocated that support probably needed a little bit of help. Now, Spell I think is actually totally 100% spot on that they needed to relearn the game. And Tank also had to relearn the game but we had like gigabuffs right at the start. Like, I think, I don't know if I even met a tank player that hasn't said maybe except ball players, actually, to be fair, that the first beta of Overwatch two didn't feel awesome. Like it was like awesome. It was a power trip simulator. It was great. Now I understand it had to come back a little bit, but like, that was kind of like the feeling of, okay, like I can make space. I can be threatening. I can make plays. And it felt good because towards the end of Overwatch one, that was kind of slipping a little bit. Um, because like, Zen Brig was really strong. Bat Brig was still really strong. So it was like a good time. But ever since then, it's just been sliding downhill. And then somewhere around the season two area, maybe into season three, like support was like really strong now. It's like, okay, let's pump the brakes. Like it's like we're, we've done enough buffing at this point. And then, then on top of that, people learned how to play the role as well. So now you have like people got better and got a bunch more stats. And there was never like a comeback down of that. Um, and even if you look back at actually old numbers, like if you look back at like the old numbers of Overwatch 1 for like healing and stuff like that, they're all significantly higher than they used to be. Um, and that is with supposedly less damage in the game because there's a whole less roll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like when you remove an entire tank out of each game, there should be less damage across the board. Now, of course, we didn't have scoreboards in Overwatch 1, so we can't really like go back and like compare numbers to prove that um maybe overwatch league has like statistics saved somewhere that like you know could could have been used but other than that though it's the everything it's like it's like a culmination of things and i feel like crazy because i watched this happen five years ago (laughs) like where everything was kind of getting power craft plus but now we just have new problems plus power creep plus all these other things and it's just like Maybe I'm a little bit cynical. I've just like kind of given up. I I I don't know. Like the way we're kind of going, I don't see a way out. Yeah, Damn. but ahead, my you. point in bringing it up is: so you you've been playing a lot more support. I've literally only played support this season, and um, I think a couple other tank players. Boger is Boger playing support. I know he went on a Life Weaver trip for a while. He's Th- been there's a lot a of tank amount. players going support. Support's a pretty good role. I won't even lie to you. Um, and, and just to add to the point that I think supports probably a bit busted is uh when kiriko came out i played kiriko I, I i never really played support before i've always been i guess ball player but tank mostly i literally got ranked 15 like the first week playing kiriko and then now lari's come out and I, i'm up there for like top 50 like the the supports for the most part and that, that's not even me taking like dps duels or anything like that it's me literally just heal body like you could just heal bot and win games it's crazy it, it's mostly just just live but yeah, that, that that's all I want to say. 
No, I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if you got that high heal botting. I'm not gonna lie. I, would I, I, I would promise have, you. I could show you my I, stats on Kiriko. I'll take your word for it. Because I, I feel yeah. like there are a lot of players where, whether you're DPS or tank, there is a little bit of survivorship bias where, like, the Defran effect is what I call it, where, like, this, this support character is easy because I have, like, the aggressive mindset to be able to do damage and, and win duels. And and if you're picking Kiriko and you're, you're hard flanking, you're basically playing the hero 85% of how it should be played anyway, right? So, like, of course, you're going to have an easier time. Whereas all these Plat Mercy mains and Lucio mains and Ana mains, from Overwatch One, they—that's totally—that's a different language. They don't—that's not how they speak, and so they, like I said, survival of the fittest. So um, I'll say one thing: um, in the shocked. lower ranks, in the lower ranks, I was more inclined to DPS. But like once you get the GM, right. I can literally just heal the entire time. I can pump out like 2K damage on Kiriko or Lari and just win the game, that's just wild. like that. That's wild. Like all you need to do is just not die, die and heal people, and hit your ability. <laughs> that's it. This is very interesting. I want to—I want to quickly say here firstly for any support players listening next week we'll have a great support debate so if you're sitting here and you're like man these fucking tank players just blaming all the support well there'll be a chance for support players to voice their grievances and their feelings next week but and also I say, yeah go ahead I, can i interject i don't yeah. think the problem is necessarily that the support identity is bad right now the fact that they can dps and defend themselves and heal i think if it, it, I, i'm like as somebody who, who really started playing support and that was the hero the, the rank that i got to with when grandmaster the role excuse me I, I think the identity is good i think the more you have to have it there's no off tank there's nobody else to control space you have to control space you have to defend yourself you have to contribute the problem is just the, the quantity the, the the amplitude right it's just a little too high it's not the amount of healing it's not the healing or the damage of the cc or the utility it's the fact that they could do all of it at the same time it's just a little too high and i think as the players have evolved and gotten better at doing those things, we should then scale back how much help is needed. Because I don't think the, the help is needed as much anymore. I mean, people, just the support passive alone was like like almost an afterthought when it was released. Like it was like, okay, that's pretty helpful. That's a quality of life for Ana and Brig. But like, but but now we're like, oh my gosh, this is actually so busted, right? And I think just like as our evolution of understanding the game and executing the game has evolved, I think you also have to scale back. Uh, like, does Batiste need, like we said, does he need Lamp and does he need Shift? And do we need the Burst Heal for Armor Pack? And do we need this and do we need that? Like, there's a lot of, like, case-by-case bases that you need to go through and be like, is this necessary anymore now that we've actually leveled up our play? Hello, guys. SCB here, and the Goop Up podcast is back. And I'd like to take just 30 seconds of your time to talk to you about two quick things. Firstly, Patreon. If you enjoy the content, then please do consider supporting directly because Patreon takes only about 10% of the money you give, where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So if you'd like to support the podcast, then that is the best way to do so. Secondly, if you're someone who enjoys video essays or detailed analysis of movies, TV, or anime, then please do check out my second channel, The Soak, where I'll be making videos about those kind of topics much more frequently and where a lot of my attention will go beyond just Overwatch. It would mean the absolute world to me if you guys would check it out. But that's it for now. Let's head back to the discussion. Mm -hmm. I also right. want to clarify, I, I don't think it's completely tank sucks because of support. I think it's probably like a third of the problem, maybe half of the problem. I think there's more stuff that are like problematic. <laughs> like I mentioned, snipers, Sombra, etc. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, the thing is with DPS, it's like, they're, they're good because they're able to swap and fuck a tank, you know? Yes. I feel like That's it's lovely. like it's not that much of an issue. I don't think DPS is I think it's a good role right now. I don't think it's completely OP. But the fact that they can rock paper scissors is what makes DPS actually a decent role. I just want to say like if if tanks had a quarter 
of what a support had as an ability, that people would bitch about it. I remember, I'm not going to say a name. I remember when Jake, uh, Junker Queen came out, and a certain streamer was crying that Junker Queen had anti-nade on their ult. And they were like, oh, support should only have anti-nade. This shouldn't be given to a tank. It's like, what? And then another example, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Hog. Hog didn't need to get his one-shot nerf. There was many answers to Hog, right? And um, it was Kiriko that was the problem because she would just, you know, nade, make me invulnerable, cleanse me, you know, save me every time. But what did they nerf? They nerfed Hog. Now let's look at Alari. Oh my God, her ult. They, no, don't nerf her ult. Don't nerf this about her because there's already many answers to her ult, such as cleanse, you know, such as um, eats. But it's the same with Hog. What answers you had for Hog is the same answers you had for Alari ult. So why the fuck are we nerfing Hog but not Alari? You get what I'm saying here? It's like very like... The well, Hog one's kind of easy for cleanse. Because like, so what would you have done to, to cleanse then to make it better? Cleanse, I guess. Just have a cleanse not make you invulnerable. Um, especially, I think how I would have nerfed Kiriko myself is when she TPs, she can't cleanse herself with a TP. And for her, in order to TP, she shouldn't be able to... Uh, let's say she's taking damage, right? She can't TP. Unless uh, the damage stops within a second. So therefore, there's this like... Wouldn't that um, feel terrible to play? I mean, you have another support to help you. And it, and it stops you from, you know, um, making hero plays and carrying the game like a DPS tank and a support at the same time. Is like, there any character that takes damage and their ability gets turned off in the game already? Well, uh, yeah, Sombra. Um, well, but, like, one try, like, what, Sombra? Like, you can, you, so, like, hack. they go to hack onto you, and then you, you can interrupt it. So, like, that's you counterplaying their thing? Ability. I but one time, like, says. Yeah. Uh, uh, one second, let me finish, and then you can say what you have to say. But, uh, um, yeah, she should be able to cleanse herself and then TP. Because, you know, she can't take damage during that cleanse. So then she would be allowed to TP, right? So therefore you can actually infinitely force both abilities instead of, oh, she TP'd. Find her again. Oh, cleanse. Guys, Kira, Kira, she TP's again. It's like, what the fuck is that? Now on top of that, she has another support hero to help her. Why do I have to go to the fucking moon and back to get one support? Especially, like, Mercy. Why the fuck has she got a wang wang ability? Like, why is it not one direction? Like, okay, okay. how does that make sense for me? They gave her tap so, strafe. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna like just, just rein it back in a little bit and try and try and bring sorry, our focus back. No, no, I want you guys. It's my job to, to sort of d d to direct it. So you go wherever you want to go, and I'll let you guys know when uh, we're going too much in one way. So yeah, I think, I think you know we've kind of alluded to where the the power of certain supports is frustrating for tanks. I think, I think that the point that I want to focus on is is the interesting one that Spilo made of like, and I think Flats made it earlier as well, where it's like, well, we've we've shifted from having an off tank or a second tank, and that power has kind of been distributed. And then you guys are all saying that you feel like the support role has, has inherited a lot of that power where they're now support, DPS, and tank. But is that in some ways what we want every hero to be able to do? Like every role to be able to do is kind of like, that was kind of the promise of Overwatch 2, wasn't it? That like everyone can carry and pop off and, and you don't have to worry about your teammates because, you know, that in Overwatch 2, it's, it's all open to you. But it sounds like you guys feel that that's not actually open to tank, that, that your ability to try and pop off is so muted, most of the yeah. time you're just trying not to die. I mean, to and a lot fair, of the... Sorry, man. Oh, no, well, I was going to say, like, 
if you wanted to make balance changes to certain tanks, you could add a self-heal or... In, in, I know this is like ridiculous to say, but invulnerability. For example, Winston. You know, if we're going to allow supports to have two escapes, why the hell does Winston not have two jumps? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... But then, like, you guys are like, oh my god, I should be able to survive my own. No, you shouldn't. If a tank wants to go for you, you should have help from your team to survive that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to outplay me because you're in fucking in the sky flying away or you TP through walls every time. But, yeah, that's just my opinion. I think the problem Spilo, is, like, e ease of application is the problem. I think it's, like, it, it, it's how easy it is to, to do a lot of these things, which makes it really difficult. And I also think that going to really Yudel's uh, shout out to the Wrecking Ball video, which I really enjoyed. It's some things just haven't aged as well in Overwatch too. Like certain design aspects haven't aged as well. Like we have too many tanks that have aspects that that aren't as useful, that aren't as dynamic. Like think about what Reinhardt. As bad as you know Reinhardt has felt at times, at least the pin change happened and the double fire strike, and that's kept him relevant. Imagine Reinhardt with Overwatch one charge. Awful, like like unplayable, right? Uh, even Winston with the right click, you know, Zarya is still not the best, but at least she's got more options with her bubbles. And then there's heroes like Ball. What, what what does Ball have to deal with CC, right? He doesn't have the second tank to pull attention elsewhere. It's just the Ball, right? And so there's too many characters, tanks specifically in Overwatch 2, that haven't received enough changes to be able to deal with more of the attention, um, whether that's more dynamics with range. I'm a big mobility creep guy. I think mobility creep, usually, if we're going to have any type of creep, a little bit of mobility creep is, is good. Um, but I, I think, like, that's the problem, right, is you don't have ways of counterplaying and avoiding things, and I think that that's why it feels so, so bad. Um, and then the last thing on top of that is that a lot of the times when it comes to uh, why the other reasons besides support, why a tank can feel really bad is the same thing. It's the Overwatch 1 designs, but it's the DPS designs that are problematic. We don't need Bastion anymore. We don't need Bastion turret anymore. I don't know why that hero exists with the turret, the damage that he does. Why, why is that a thing? We don't have two tanks to bust through anymore. Why is like, obviously Reaper is a big one. Like the guy, I, I played Reaper the other day. It was, was it, um, yeah, it was uh, Shambali, third point attack. Just, to, just for fun, quick play, you know? It was miserable because they didn't have the tank that I could shoot. It's too open. My mobility sucks. My teleporter sucks. But then if I'm playing into a Winston that's playing on like Oasis University, it feels ridiculous. It's so easy to exist and get value with a character. And, you know, you've got Junkrat that kind of falls into that to a lesser extent. Snipers, as Edel was talking about. Um, I think Farah, Torbjorn. There's a lot of characters in Overwatch 2 that are just as one-dimensional as they were in Overwatch 1. And those happen to be the characters that feel really, really bad for tanks to deal with. Whether it's I can't reach that character, or that character just melts me by just existing, or that character rock, paper, scissors me, and just it takes no skill. It's the cheese aspect. And I think, you know, as annoying as characters like Sojourn can be at times, at least there's some sort of dynamic there. They're not just one thing, I exist to make your life miserable. Sojourn with a mercy pocket, that's a, that's a different story. Great take, great take. I think really well explained. I think I think one thing that we're seeing here is the hangover of not actually paying enough foresight into what will happen when we switch over to, to, to 5v5. And I think that myself and others, when we did switch over to 5v5, we were all kind of like, wow, this is actually surprisingly good, right? It was like, we thought it would be, require more changes because... We what what they showed us was not a lot to be to be frank to be I'm not trying to be mean to the devs or whatever but like 
when they switched over, they didn't actually do that much in terms of changes. They were like, we've got a Sombra rework and a Bastion rework, guys. We're reworking the Sombra again, the Bastion rework, we see how that went. Orisa rework, whatever, she still, everyone still hates her, right? So we did like these few things, but we never really fundamentally addressed the role or anything like that. And when we launched, because the tanks were giga buffed, as Flat said, supports felt upset. They got their buffs, right? And they got their buffs instead. But now we're seeing that lack of addressing the fundamental issues kind of tear at the seams, I think. Because now we've given supports multiple buffs. And on top of that, we gave them new heroes, I think is another element that we haven't necessarily mentioned yet. But I almost wonder, you know, the, the state of support at the start of, of Launch of Watch 2, people would have probably just generally felt better had there been more, like, had we launched Kiriko Life Irreliari. Because part of the complaints was, well, I only have, you know, five or six supports to play. And they get hard dove. But now if you'd had Kiriko, you had Lifeliver, who's like immune to diving as well quite a lot. And you have Iliari, who's just a, a cannon in herself. You would, probably wouldn't have seen those same complaints. So we've almost kind of, I fear the devs have kind of overcompensated a little bit from what they, the feedback they got early without actually holistically addressing the problems that would inevitably come when we've we've made such a big change. It's, it's not really even talked about. We made such a big change, but we didn't make big changes to the game to match that, I think. So I think that what we're seeing is like that's tearing at the seams and at some point we need to we need to find an answer. That's kind of why I brought you guys on the call because I'm like, well, who's got the answer? Like who's got the ideas for like how we repair this this moment that's kind of where it feels like tank is breaking apart almost. Like I don't want to see another Overwatch 1 moment where it's just like tank user instant because nobody ever wants to play this role and, and like it's so miserable and the reputation of it is so bad that the role just deads, right? And then what do, we, what do we do? We had to remove a tank to try and fix that. So I, I, I brought the squad here, the brain trust here. One more word before we'll get into the tanks itself. But one more word because we've we've alluded to it. But the DPS role, we've talked a lot about supports. But Yil, you probably have something to say about, for example, the ability for someone to switch to Sombra and kind of make your life miserable. Like, do you feel like there's a the DPS role, but also the counter swapping that we haven't directly talked about as well? Right, so I think um, the problem is, is there's a lot of things that um, that you can't outplay, and if you can't outplay it, I think it's broken. So, for example, what I said earlier about Sombra basically hacking you in Viz, you can't really. It, it happens so quick that it's really hard to react to and stop the hack, and I think that is problematic for. Example tanks like uh, Ball or Doomfist. I, I played Doomfist recently and it actually wasn't that bad, but Ball is really bad where you just get hacked going for an engagement. But um, but not only that, snipers, for example, like if you're playing any of the tanks that don't have a shield, for example, Zarya, how's your team going to take space and rotate on Havana when they have a Widow on the high ground? If you don't have the better Widow, you don't. And I, I feel like a lot of the problem is just those problem DPS. There's also the problem supports, but since you asked about DPS, I think it's snipers and I think it's Sombra. You get rid of those and the game becomes a lot more fun, in my opinion, except for the people that play the snipers. Because my hot take is long range one shots don't belong in the game. I don't know how they'll balance Widowmaker. They could probably do Hanzo not having a one shot, but like, I don't think it belongs in the game because before anything else, Overwatch is a strategy game. And how do you, how do you play around the long range one shot with one tank? It's really hard. So that's that's basically my argument. Flats, I'm curious on your take on this because you're kind of, I really feel you going through the emotions right now. God, okay. First off, I think I'm going crazy, like actually, because uh, we we you know I think we had this exact discussion 
like in this spot about two and a half years ago uh, when we were talking about post roll queue and how we were promised all these characters going to get changes after roll queue and it never happened. And then we got to 5v5 and it never happened. And it's like, how many more times is this going to happen? Um, oh, God. Anyways, uh, existential crisis, I guess, going on over here. But I feel that on the daily. I, yeah, the reason why I, I kind of disagree with it uh, is because I don't actually think Overwatch is a strategy game. Um, I know that's kind of like how it's become, uh, but that's why Goats was so bad uh, to like, okay, don't get me wrong. Goats, if it was only for a little bit, would have been super fun and people enjoyed it. And it was some of the most fun Overwatch I've ever played. And it was super complex at the high level. And like, you could lose games off of a single cooldown and to like giga nerds like us, that was awesome. But to the average player, it was awful. And like, there were so many things wrong, like fundamentally, like the DPS role disappeared for like two years. Uh, you know, you could have Dante on Tracer getting outplayed by a 2200 gold brig player who somehow managed one week to get to top 500. Do you guys remember that? Uh, <laughs> remember that guy? Uh, yeah. yeah, that guy's outplaying Dante on Tracer. Um, so we've had we've had we've had all these things like kind of come through. But like the average player for Overwatch wants this game to be an FPS game. They just don't want it to be Valorant FPS game. But so like you need things like snipers, right? Like one shots are what are part of FPS games. And it's not a bad thing. But I also agree with you. And like there are problem characters. And it's like got to the point where there's just so many things that are like piled up. And I think May is coming around like. Remember, like, remember May was, like, kind of strong, but, like, not really at the same time. So then they, like, they took her damage down, but then gave her more CC. And now, like, she's, like, slowly getting more damage. We're going to come full circle, and she's going to get, like, damage back and CC. It's, it's coming. I just, I, I talked about it, like, a month ago. It's definitely going to come. Then we have Bastion, which just blows up, like, half the tanks. And then especially, like, Winston. Like, Winston... Winston is like the keystone to this game right now. And like when Winston's playable, a lot of the tanks are playable because like not when Winston's OP dominant, right? Like in Overwatch League, that might be different and like high level play, like Winston might be more dominant um, than like in ladder. But like there's so many, like we talked about rock, paper, scissors. There's so many counter picks and so many things that it's like almost like we're back in goats where like it's better just walk out on Arissa because you're going to get forced onto it anyways by other picks. So you just walk out on goats right away because like, yeah, you could run something else, but like, what's the point? Cause if they walk out on goats, you go back into spawn, you swap anyways. So I, I don't know. Like what I think the reason why overwatch two felt so good when it came out is cause it felt like an FPS game and it felt like you could shoot people and it didn't feel like you were shooting shields all day long. Uh, because that's what the most FPS players hated about overwatch one was the like stacks of shields. And you know, you'd sit there and hit your buttons for 10 minutes until the shields finally break. And then woo, you get to shoot two bullets and then oh, oh that shields back. So, um, I, I agree with you, but like, this is what kind of why, like early on, I said, we're kind of like just screwed. I don't see a way out at this point. Like we're, we're so twisted up in this at this, like someone has to fall. And I think we know who has been chosen as the fall man. And it's the lowest population of players because let's remember at the end of the day, this is a for-profit company that wants to make money. And if the support players and DPS players are the highest groups, and I'm sure they have data that shows who buys the most skins, and I have this weird suspicion that I probably support players buy the most skins, 
keep them happy, keep the DPS players happy, tank players, smallest population. Sorry, you're just you're just gonna have to bite the bullet on that one. Very similar psychology. Go ahead, sorry. Maybe force psychology, just like uh I don't know, like, do people enjoy swapping Bastion, Reaper, Torbjorn, like, at the end of the day? I mean, obviously... I think people enjoy winning. Sort of... They enjoy winning. Right, the right. Key, no, I, I get that, but my point being is that, like, the irony is that, like, if you play Winston really well versus counters or whatever, you can still win. It just feels terrible, right? The question is, is does the does it feel as bad for the other end? Do they still feel like... I, I, my favorite part is jumping the back line, the Reaper's chasing me across the map, you know? That probably doesn't feel great for him, but he feels like that's what I have to do. So I wonder with, like, so many of these cheese things, whether it's, like, you know, sleeping this or discording that or going Reaper Bastion or going... It, it, is it almost like where, like, if any sort of proper balance makes it more fun for the other side as well? Because Flats is right. It's like... Tank's a minority, and it's always going to be a minority, I think. I think, obviously, there's been a little bit of a content, content drop for Tank recently, which is fair. But could it could it be also that if we just made these Tanks or these DPS and support characters less valuable? Remember the whole the tier list we did years ago, SVB? Oh, yeah. Floor oh, value yeah. Thing? If we made some of these tweaks here, would it feel just as good for the people getting tweaked as it is for the Tanks that have to deal with the tweaks? So I, I want to say something quick, quick then I want to let Yidl talk, because Yidl had something to say. But I think I think to your point about what does it feel as good, I think what feels good is autonomy in your video game. I think that's what those players have that the tank players don't. Because if you're the one who swapped Reaper, you feel like you have it in your power to win this game, right? If you're like, oh shit, there Winston's rolling us, I can go Reaper. And even if you have to chase that guy across the map, at the end of it, you're like, I beat him, therefore I win. And therefore I am in control of winning my game. As opposed to the tank player who's like, okay, I'm trying to play really well, but even if I play really well, this guy is going to do this and chase me around, and I lose control of my character. Sometimes, literally, you lose control of your character, and sometimes, <laughs> metaphorically, you kind of lose control. But why is it autonomy for countering the enemy tank and not the enemy DPS and supports? You know, why is it always the tank? Because it's the I, I, one I guy. there's something psychological, you know? Like, there is. If I, that's, that's the thing. Because if Can I go Reaper, I... I do I not enable the enemy DPS to supports to do whatever they want? And that's exactly how you win games by playing into counters. It's just enabling your team to do whatever they want because they're so busy chasing you. But what is with it with like the Overwatch 2 player psychology to where like that's the play, you know? Like, because I, I, the funny thing is, is in lower and mid ranks, which that's my expertise. I coach all ranks, right? Bronze, silver, gold, platinum. There is more tank focus in lower ranks than there yes. is in higher ranks because that's all they know how to do. And that's why you see more Arisa and more Ramatra and less Winston and more Reaper and more Bastion and Torbjorn. Part of that is because, as we've already established, those characters are freaking easy to play. It's just how it is. They're just, they're, there's value in skill ceilings, of course, but it's just significantly less than any other character. Can but I the other thing something? is, is it feels easy, yeah. So my question to you is, because like, this is like your specialty, like you, this is what you know. Have you noticed, and this is kind of my assumption, have you noticed that almost all the metal rank players know the counters they know everything oh, yeah. like they know oh, yes. they know they go winston you go bastion right yes but nobody knows the opposite like you, you no. see a backline with a brig like you probably play ryan into that if they're playing if they're frontlining on brig i walk in on ryan and just two tap them like like what yeah. are you doing but they don't know the reverses they they have no clue mm. they only know how to counter the tank but nobody knows the reverse and it's like I think you're right. I think there is some psychology with it. And I think it's easier because it's only one person versus two. And so it's like, exactly. yeah, they have a Brig. I could probably walk over them with Ryan because we have a Lucio. But they also have a Kiriko, and I'm scared of that. And I don't know how to beat that. Like, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. 
And the thing with Brick is there's, there's, there's at least two things you could be doing at all time. You could play a little bit more brawl focused, shield bash out. You could control an angle, control a flank. You could pay, play anti-dive. And that dynamic is very important because that prevents her from being an OTP. She could do multiple things. And that when you have characters that don't have that dynamics, that's when you start to have the rock, paper, scissors. I want to take it to Yidl because Yidl had something he wanted to say. Yidl. Um, <clears throat> it's actually a little bit further back into what we were talking about. Go but I, I think... Overwatch is a strategy game before an FPS game compared to all the other FPS games. Like, it's not even close to, like, the strategy aspect of it. But I also think that you can still take 1v1s, and that FPS aspect is still there. However, specifically what I was talking about are one-shots being Widowmaker, Hanzo, Sojourn with a Mercy Damage Boost. I think those things are, like, there's only so many heroes in the game that can actually beat that, Right. And I think the only, like, other hero other than, like, playing Widow back, playing Hanzo back, is the tank. If that tank picks the specific tank, like, hey, we're going to go Reinhardt and we're all just going to run to this left side or whatever it is. I think uh, the problem is how hard it is to um, outplay that for most of the heroes in the game. That's, that's what I want to say. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it, it does take a little bit strategy and FPS to achieve what you want. But tank is like the least rewarded for having good aim as well. Because if I hit every shot on Sigma, it doesn't fucking matter. If you're a Mercy in the Sky healing, you can outheal me. Even if I land every shot. Even if I land every shot. Um, you know, it goes hand in hand with, with both. But um Yeah, the the rock, paper, scissors. I I guess people just do it because, you know, tank is just the easiest target to shoot, because you know, we're the biggest. And it's very easy because I've I've got like 300 games this uh this season, and I tell you at least four people counter me every time. I swap, boom, they swap. I swap, boom, they swap. Like literally after every death, and it's just the worst fucking thing ever. It's just horrible. Uh, yeah. I think you're also streamers is a little bit worse than the average player. I, mean, but I agree. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's bad even in quick play. Even in no, quick play, like, is, that's basically right. all I do. Like people, people are like so sweaty and weird with it that like I, I, I risk a Reaper Bastion chasing me on the map just because I want to play Winston. And again, I, I can still win the game, but it's just not as fun. It's just not as fun. I mean, for sure, there are ways of playing against it, but at the end of the day, it's, if four or five people want you dead, they're gonna get you. Doesn't matter how safe you play, they're eventually gonna get you, and then it's very easy for them to get you, considering they're playing, you know, the advantage. So, so you guys are giving some hot takes. I'll I'll give a potential hot take uh, before we head into because I want to talk about specifics on tank and and you know like each of the each of the characters. But I've been playing a lot of Dota recently. Fitzy was here in chat earlier. Me and him duo Dota like every night after I stream. We just we play some games. I, I tried to get Yidl into it, but it was it was it, he's a League of Legends player and it was too like he was like, what is going on, man? I yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um. And and the tank problem is universal across most games, right? Like in almost every game, nobody really wants to play tank because absorbing stuff for others is is shitty, right? And it feels kind of bad. But I think it's interesting that there a lot of the discussion has come around. Well, tank is the one compared to the other roles who have duos, so like that's why they they will always suffer. Like they will always be the role that's most miserable. But what's interesting is that that's not necessarily the case in other games where like there's the one person who's burdened with something. So to give the MOBA example, like you'll have in 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 Dota the safe lane. I think in League of Legends it's called the ADC. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. The, the carry, right? The carry role. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. ADC. ADC, right? So the job of this hero, for those who are unfamiliar with MOBAs, is basically like 
the rest of everyone is going to enable you for the first like 15 20 minutes of the game right your job is to get farmed up to get a bunch of items because there's money in in, in MOBA. So you got to get lots of money and you're basically babysat for the first 15 20 minutes there's even in dota there's a there's what's called a hard support so there's support and there's hard support and then there's your safe lane there's your mid and there's your off lane your off lane is your tank mid lanes your like mid lane so there's a literal job of the hard support to make your life easy as the safe lane now there's a lot of pressure on the safe lane but the responsibility is the trade-off is well if we spend 15 minutes pocketing you at the end of the game you got to carry us you got to be the guy who wins the game for us so that's a lot of pressure right it's a lot of pressure that the entire end game comes down on you and if you look at other things it's not necessary that the person who has a lot of pressure is is the person who's also the most miserable actually usually it's the opposite usually that's the star player right the star player if you look at for example real sports I don't know American stuff, guys, so I'm sorry, but Salt will feel me when I talk about football. It's like everyone wants to be the striker, right? Everyone wants to be the guy who's scoring goals. Nobody wants to be the goalkeeper. That's like you you eventually convert to being a goalkeeper later on when you're a kid because like nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody wants to be the defenders. Everybody's like, I want to score goals. I want to be the hero. Why is Overwatch so different in that way? Why is it that like the one role that's like the most pressure is also the most miserable? Why, why is Tank not the star role, right? Like why is the game not made in a way where... If we're going to ask this one role to bear the burden of like, you must dictate the engagements, you must eat all the crap for the rest of your teammates. Why is it also like the least powerful role? Why is it like, why is that not the star role? Why don't we want Tank to be the role that everyone gravitates towards? Where all the people who are like, oh, I want to be the carrier, I want all the glory. Go, be the tank, take all the pressure, but you get to decide the win too. Okay, that's the trade-off. Well, at the moment, it feels like the trade-off is you get fucked. And the best thing you get in return is a quick queue time. Like, that, that's it. You get blamed, you get focused, you get fucked. Okay, I guess we gave you a quick queue time in exchange. So, like, my hot take is, like, if we're going to go to 5v5, if we're going to make this one role have the pressure of two players and inarguably, like, the pressure of the entire lobby, then, okay, you should be the star then. You're the guy who's, like, really popping off. I'll drop it there. So anyone can chime in where they feel. Flats has been nodding with me, but maybe, you know, maybe I'm talking to a biased crowd here. I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, that was my take going into Overwatch 2, and everyone was like, oh, nerf the tanks. Like, no! Like, you guys are crazy! Like, yeah, like, this was the original argument back in the day. This, this was my actual argument when people were said support was weak. I said, bring support up. Don't bring tank down. That's gonna have the wrong effect. And it did! So, like, that's why like I feel like I'm losing my mind because I, I just I, all these things it just ends up being a few months early. Like I so I was back in season four saying like hey guys like tanks going downhill very quickly and like we're we're seeing it and I got waves of support players screaming like you don't know anything stupid tank player and now here we are right where I said we were gonna go and it, it dude it just gets tiring like I'm I'm genuinely getting tired of it at this point. Um, but you're you're completely right. But you want to know the answer? It's because people are so 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 honed in on tank diffs. Ask any middle rank player. Every game they load up, somebody says tank diff. They can't they can't see anything else. But meanwhile, you stick a GM DPS player in that game. I'm sure as shit that tank ain't gonna do a damn thing. Like they're just gonna kill everyone. Same thing if you put a support player in. And it's like like everyone's so obsessed with it because it's the big HP target that's running at you. And in season one, it was Zarya originally, and everyone hated Zarya. And everyone was like, oh my god, this character is going to kill us all. And she was, right? 
Well, like that was because Zarya, like Zarya being really strong, also had some other things with it. Like you know, support was like kind of starting to catch up. Like Kiri was good, and that was what ended up happening with Hog. Now, Salt said earlier that the one shot for Hog wasn't actually the problem, and actually, you know, in some ways, he might be right. But the problem is, though, is we have this we have this problem in Overwatch, and it's really bad, and it's the hero's fantasy, and there is they will not touch heroes past the hero's fantasy. It's the same like reason why Sojourn didn't get nerfed or one shot for the longest time. Sojourn still kind of has a one shot with the Mercy Pocket. Like we just don't talk about it that much because she's not that strong right now. But like, there's always the 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 hero's fantasy that's playing into it. And I don't think there would have been a world where they would have nerfed Suzu the way that Salt was saying before. Like it just wouldn't happen. And so maybe it even goes all the way back to a design philosophy because we create these heroes with cool mechanics or cool things we don't think about the after effect of how they interact with other characters in the game and they we can't get rid of that so we've had this problem over time of like characters getting introduced and they have some cool shtick to them but like we don't think about how it's going to affect the rest of the roster and so hog was unfortunately the martyr because you couldn't take away the hero fantasy of kiriko and unfortunately, so like Hog got put off and, and off into the ranch, and like there, <laughs> like there was nothing to do. Like that was legitimately, in my opinion, the correct answer. Like there was no other answer, which I'm saying was the best answer. There just wasn't <laughs> another one, and so we're gonna have that problem, and it's only gonna get worse as more characters come out because there's like there's just this uh the, this this philosophy that will not change of one. You know, like we have to keep the hero's fantasy for every character. And two, the balance is really bad. So like I don't know anymore. <laughs> so we, we will get to Hog in a moment. In fact, I, I might line up Hog or Bull. I'll, I'll get Hog or Bull early when we're gonna go over to talk about the heroes themselves. Spilo, any any words from you on, on kind of just this whole wider issue yeah. here? Because you, you talk about this kind of stuff a lot on your on your content. Yeah, I think there's like twofold with Tink. I think part of it is it's just, I do think that there's a little bit of the MMO mindset with Tink, where it's a certain, you know, I'm the beef, I'm the protector, I'm not exactly the, the DPS on the raid boss kind of a thing, right? So I do think that that's where maybe people get kind of the wrong impression, where we should be beating on Tank, Tank should be taking the beating, not necessarily doing a lot. And I think that's definitely flawed in the first person shooter. And I think that's always been Overwatch 2's tricky part, right? Is it's like, it is a first-person shooter. It's also a MOBA. It has like, I mean, it even has the MMO, right? Like the the, the strict support, the strict taint rules. It's it's confusing. So there's a lot of baggage that comes along with that. And I also think that when it comes to like the fact that tank has to deal with so much, I think is just simply the ease of application of so many of the words. Like I said, tank always interacts with the worst of what Overwatch has to offer, whether that's the sleep dart, nade, you know. Discord orb, right? Uh, May, Cassidy. Like, for example, the Cassie grenade. Everyone was crying about Cassie grenade. And it got nerfed, it got nerfed, it got nerfed. Guess who the Cassie grenade still hurts really badly? Tanks. And the funny thing is, it's, it's not even all the tanks. Just a few of the tanks. Like, Wrecking Ball. Completely shuts down Wrecking Ball. Maze Freeze. Nobody likes Maze Freeze. Nobody wanted May Freeze. May didn't need the freeze. It's, it was a nerf to Maze Freeze. Except for Wrecking Ball. Right and 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 the or diva for example. So I think that what we need to do is we need you need to look at some of the, the javelin. Another Arisa javelin, right? Just spam it on tank, right? It's just it's the ease of application problem, I think. And I think when we talk about tweaks, even if it's not like fixing systemically the problem, like Flats is saying, maybe that's just unfixable. But keeping the game 
still fun, keeping it enjoyable to an extent, I think you have to look at how some of these abilities interact with tanks. And they did it with Sleep Dart, and I think you have to keep looking. Okay, I like that. Saul, I'm going to give you first up, but before I do, Yeetle, any any last words on the sort of the bigger picture before we start getting into the nitty-gritty? I think going into Overwatch 2, they, they wanted to make tanks like the superstar of the lobby. They didn't want to make tanks just the we take damage and E all the CC and stuff. I think it was just like there's so many heroes and so many different variables that they didn't get it all right the first time, and it's still taking them a while to get it all, iron it all out. Um, and I feel like it, it's you can go a couple different ways. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I think there's the broken aspects of things that you can't outplay. You can nerf those heroes, or you can go the other route of making the tanks able to outplay them better. Just to name an example, I know we're going to go into Hog soon, but um, like the Hog versus Ana interaction of sleep or anti getting you almost every time. What can Hog do about it? About not getting slept or not getting antied? He can't do anything. In Overwatch 1, it wasn't as big of a problem because you could get Matrix, you could get Shield, your other tank exists. Right now, you got Cleanse, but that's it. You only have Cleanse. But yeah, that's that's my point. Either like you can start toning down all these heroes and how they're able to do these things, or you can start buffing the tanks or go back to 6v6. But yeah, that's all. <laughs> Many options, and I suppose that's the devil of the choice that the developers have to make. 4v4. Oh yeah, there's another option, which is Flats. Is, uh, again, I'm very surprised he's come with this hot take now. He's like, drop the 4v4, let's go. Overwatch 3, the memes have begun again. Overwatch 3, when will it come? Run it back. Uh, <laughs> run it back, let's go. Okay, now let's go, let's talk specifically on all the tanks. And I'm going to go to Roadhog first, just because not only because his salt has been a very patient guy, he's been stewing, he's been cooking, he's got some shit to say. But also because um, Hog, we know, is going to get some reworks. And today in the developer blog, they mentioned, I can't remember the bullet points of exactly what they wanted, but I think they were basically like, oh, he needs to have more stuff that helps the team. And we're going to take some of the power away from just the one shot and, and give it elsewhere. So Salt, you're already shaking your head. Firstly, the state of Hog now and, and any word on what you read about the rework. Um, I haven't seen much, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, what you said is what I've seen. But see, the Which, problem with um... should you want me to read really quick what they said about yes, Hog? Please, yes. Okay, so what they said is Roadhog is currently undergoing the finishing touches that will release with his rework in season seven's mid-season patch. Our broad goals for his rework are as follows: one, increase his ability to protect his team and claim space; two, maintain his overall identity and playstyle; three move some of his power around so that his effectiveness isn't so tied to his one-shot potential. So that's basically what we're going to expect from Hog. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Uh, after the nerf... Well, let me start off like this. You know how um, pretty much every tank you use as a tool, for example, for example, you know, Reinhardt is a hammer and then... Roadhog is a screwdriver, you know, like the way I'm going, like you use different tanks to deal with different situations. And I think in season two, uh, I remember Soldier Mercy meta. That was, that was hell on earth for every tank. It was not fun being two taps in the head, like bang, bang, and you're dead. Doesn't matter what tank you're playing, you're back, you're dead. And the only necessary evil that existed was Hog, right? I think tank roll should have a tank that is only for protecting your team and make space. Have another tank that, you know, um, supports your team as in, like, through heals or whatever, or bubbles them, you know? Or have another tank that has good kill potential. Why do we need every tank to follow this rule of 
make space, hold space, make space, hold space. That makes no sense to me at all, especially when supports can do everything. But why can't I do everything too if I want to pick a different hero, you know? And I think the problem with Hog as well, first of all, Anna plays who, you know, I think is very, very... I don't want to be mean to Blizzard because I actually... I actually like the game fundamentally. Like, don't get like if Blizzard watches it. I like the game. Like, I'm just gonna say, I like the game fundamentally. <laughs> but it's just horrible that Anna has two answers for one question. You know what I'm saying? Like, why does Hog have a heal that can be counted by sleep and Nate? What? Is, how does that make sense? I'm not talking about. There's a whole rot, like you know, a cast of people that use abilities to counter too. Fair enough, whatever. But since Hog has lost his Kill potential, right? The threat, there is no space making with him anymore. The only reason he's ever good is if you're playing um, Ilios well, you're playing certain maps. Um, so I think, in general, I think it's a bad take to drive him towards a, um, a place where he just makes space and he's less one-shot orientated. I think it's really bad, actually, because we have tanks for that already. Uh, I think that they should, you know, give him back his kill potential, and he's he's fixed. I think honestly, it's a skill issue for low elos if they complain about hog. It is literally a skill issue. You can outplay hog numerous ways: distance, positioning, jiggle peeking, you know, baiting out hook. It's one ability. It's not that deep, bro. Like, stop crying about it. You've got plenty of supports. Life weaver. You don't even have to aim. Click E, bro. As soon as I hook, click E. Boom. Answer. You know. Um, so yeah, I think the fact that they've left Hog in this pit for so long, it's really embarrassing, especially it dropped off a lot of my friends, or Hog plays like Gibber, he doesn't play the game anymore, because it was the character he loved, like, I'm not saying make Hog OP, but make him viable, you know, like, why, like, bro, they just, like, broke Hog's legs and just threw him in a ditch, Mafia style, you know, and then I'm just there, like, oh yeah, this is fun. But, um, yeah, I think the one-shot had a good threat. I guess, I don't know, the thing is, right now, the another problem with Hog is his gun. I don't know uh, if anyone plays Hog here, but his gun is very outdated. But the projectile of it and how it works and how the shotgun works. If you're going to remove a one-shot from a character who has a shotgun, say, right, okay, then, like, you at least change the way his... A gun works. I haven't really thought about it. I don't know if they want to turn it into an SM, you know, like a, a mini gun, like a heavy or whatnot. But it's just a very outdated M1 and M2. So yeah, that's what I have to say about Hog. Yeah, I mean, I want to, you know, I'll, I'll let the others come in. We'll come back to you on the Hog as well. But if anyone else has any thoughts of what Salt says, has anyone been playing Hog recently? You want to admit to that oh, openly? No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have more. I don't know if yeah. my parents will see this, so I can't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think Roadhog is like just a classic example of like the he does the thing, you know, and then either he does the thing and people hate it and he's meta, or he doesn't do the thing or and the Roadhog players cry because he's completely unviable. And I know this might be a little spicy, but 
I, I think that's that's why that I think the design is flawed. I think like when you look at something like a bastion, that's all he does is he turret form, he shoot. That's that's it. So if we're talking about nerfing turret form, why does character all the bastion means like what? If you do that, then you can't even play the character. That's my point. That's exactly my point. And I think the same thing goes with Roadhog. I don't think it necessarily needs to be oh more enabler team support, make space. Roadhog walks around with like a little PVC shield, you know. I, I don't think we he need, let him do his own thing. Let him find his own unique threat. Like look at Junker Queen, right? Besides her AOE team speed, which to be fair is pretty useful, um, she, she does her own thing. You know, screw off. You know, like I'm I'm doing my I'm doing my thing, right? Ramatra as well, right? You don't shield your team that much. It's more about, I play for me. It's me. Like, I create space by being a threat. But there's different ways that he's a threat. There's different utility that kind of works here and there. Hog, one shot, shoot you. And heal. That's it. Like, there just isn't a lot to it. And I think that's that's part of the reason why he can feel either very, very powerful and very cheesy and anger-inducing or terrible. Because either he one-shots or doesn't. Like, there's no in-between. Yeah, it almost feels like Junk Queen is like the evolved version of Roadhog, right? It's like a Pokemon evolution. Know. It's like yeah. Roadhog evolved yeah. into Junker Queen into Roadhog. And by the way, mechanical expression, too, right? We talked about, I think it was Flats that talked about it. Not enough, uh, somebody talked about it. It was not, not enough satisfying mechanical outplay opportunities. Maybe it was Yeetle, I don't know. Um, and mm. that that's it right there, right? Gracie with Roadhog Hook. Whether you play Roadhog or not, you have to admit, Hook is like one of the, the top two or three abilities in the game. It feels amazing to land a hook. It just feels so good to land a hook, right? So if we take that away... Wise, I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah. satisfaction-wise, it feels good to land a hook. It feels satisfying to land a Junker Queen knife, right? And I think that's like... We need to find ways of like giving more tank players that without taking away their identity. I mean, yeah. I mean, our main floor is as well is his hitbox. He's yeah. just a fat penguin walking walking around. Like, why? Why is he so slow? Why is he so fat? It doesn't really make sense to me. Since he has no damage threat or tankiness threat. I don't know. They could. They need to look at him very carefully. I, I, I don't know. Blizzard has this issue where they are afraid of uh, admitting mistakes most of the time. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so, if they did, if this rework doesn't work. If it's not good, in my head, I'm, I'm thinking, are they going to change him or are they just going to leave him? You know, that, that's a very scary, you know, thought for someone who actually genuinely used to only play the game because of Hog. You know, just like um, Spalo said, I used to land the sickest hooks just for satisfaction-wise. Like, oh yeah, I could hook someone in front of me, but I want to get that mercy up there. And if I land that, you know I'm going to be fucking screaming my head off. But... Yeah, they just removed. Oh, they removed satisfaction him as a character, and you just have to do twice as much to get value. And I think that's what a lot of us hate as hog players. So we just resulted in flexing to others, other tanks, should I say? Yeah, this is where Overwatch has like two problems that I think are relatively unique. Is like one is that changes are very slow because there's like a lot of technical demands. I think to changing a hero, I think. In a different game, it would be more straightforward to like change a hero's ability because like a lot of the heroes are like the same model, just like the exterior is slightly different, and then you just change a thing and it looks different a little bit, right? Whereas in Overwatch, every character's model is unique. It's like a whole separate thing. And now, if you're going to change one of his abilities, you have to like create a someone has to go and animate a new thing and has to has to have a visual design made before you can change it. And on top of that, just we've seen reworks, all of this are just like really slow to come out, right? They're just 
they take months and months and months and by the time the rework has come out the state of what the thing was initially solving is is gone it's like well we're changing hog now but the season two meta where everyone hated him is gone like or whatever it was season two or three that's that's long in the past already so they do need they probably need to think about that like is there a way they can make that a little bit easier for themselves to actually address things more quickly but then also the other thing is that what we've spoken about a little bit is that hero fancy thing and, and the fact that people one trick heroes a lot right and it's like Again, you think of a MOBA, okay, there's like a hundred heroes. So like if you're let's say your hero's really bad and or and they may be reworking that hero, you're not gonna lose your entire reason for playing the game because they're like there's fifty other heroes I can pick and for that for a while that hero's out the equation. But with Overwatch, your hero goes into the dumpster, goes goes to the uh farm, as as Flats put it, like your reason to play the game goes away. Um and Yidl, I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts on this, if you've kinda got any thoughts on Roadhog before we talk about ball as well. Um I think it basically just stems from like Roadhog being the very easy to hard counter, whether it be like Arisa or Ana. And I think you could probably go the direction of making Roadhog a little bit less vulnerable to things like Ana sleep nade or Arisa just hard countering his kit. Which hypothetically, let's say for a second, like his vape makes him gives him fortify and it makes him anti-immune. Just hypothetically, right? If you're gonna do that and you're gonna give him the one shot then he's going to have to lose a lot somewhere else, right? Maybe maybe he sucks at the tank interaction. Because I feel like one thing with Roadhog is that, like, he was really good at just putting putting tanks in a blender with the whole hog. So it, it, it's it's a lot of give or take. But um, I think I agree with, with, with Insulted that taking away the one-shot may not have been the way to go. So that's basically it. Salt, any reflection on, on sort of Roadhog with what everyone else has discussed? Um... Yeah, I, I agree with what Eastwood said, pretty much. Um, that's about it, really. Yeah, any any words on Roadhog for the devs? Because I know the devs listen to these a lot. Any word for Roadhog before we move on? Talk about your boy, what you want. Um. Well, whatever they add, I hope it's good. Um, I think they just need to not be afraid of constantly tweaking. Because, I don't know, I think it's just very frustrating most of the issue comes from support. I think that's where it is mainly for tanks. We deal with a lot of issues because of support, but that's an entirely different subject. But Hog, I don't know, it's weird. It's it's either give him a good kill potential and allow him to be lackluster. Because I, I like the play that I can, you know, one shot, but I still can get hard count by Anna and Nade. I can play around that. That's fine. But then that's where I should be rewarded, right? Uh, I think they just... If the rework goes through and whatever it is, if it's not that great, please think about giving Hog his aggression back or his threat, like his one shot. That's what I want to say. Okay, fair enough. All right, then from one potential problem to the other potential problem, I'm going to take it to Ball next. Because, Yidl, you've already spoken about, you know, you've made a video on it, an excellent video. I think most people in the Norse community have watched it. The fall of Ball, as it were. Describe the state of Wrecking Ball, if you can summarize that. I, I encourage anyone listening to go watch that video, but if you could summarize it and how you feel about Wrecking Ball, go right ahead. Mm. Um, a lot of people watch that video and they've come to the conclusion that I was saying Ball is the uber worst tank in the game. And I don't think that's entirely true. There's a lot of scenarios where when you're not getting countered, you could be the lobby admin. But I've been on both the receiving end and the giving end of I'm playing support. This Ball's doing a great job of running the lobby. 
somebody goes Sombra and it's over. This game's free. It's the freest game ever. That's just one example. But I think what Ball really suffered from that I personally am not enjoying him as much is with the change from two tanks to one tank, there's a lot of just focus on him, right? This whole like setup and flank play style is a lot less viable. It's his play style is just one dimensional, really. And so what I was saying is, um, I think another problem is like, if you want to go and dive the back line, if you don't have somebody else that dives with you, you're, you're basically doing nothing, right? Because they'll just heal each other and they're going to outheal your damage. And then their tank is just going to run on your team. Like you're doing literally nothing. So I, I think, um, I guess to summarize, it just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Just, just basically balling as good as it used to be is what I'm trying to say. Do you think it's like a, do you think that's something that requires like a rethinking of how Wrecking Ball works? Because, you know, I don't, I don't know how in his current state they can address what you're talking about, which is like, it's just not as possible to flank and set up the way you would in Overwatch 1 while your other tank is kind of occupying them. Yeah, I think realistically it's never going to go back to Overwatch 1 because, again, it's only one tank. Um, he's just going to kind of be in the state of where they're probably just going to buff him and he's going to be overpowered. Everyone's going to complain. He's going to get nerfed. Rinse and repeat. But I, I keep on coming back to this argument that I've made a couple times. It's that there's things in the game also that you legitimately can't outplay. And I think if you can outplay them better, if, if there's more room for outplay, um, it wouldn't be as bad or as miserable. The Sombra example, or if I'm diving a sniper, for example, and that sniper gets healed. My, my job is ball, in Overwatch 1 at least. I dive the sniper, my team can walk, they can do stuff. But in Overwatch 2, I am the tank. I'm diving a sniper, sure, I'm getting the heal resource. But again, now they have to deal with our tank, and our tank's a lot more threatening than me. Like, I'm not going to out-damage their heals type of thing. So, yeah. Interesting. I, I'm not sure if I answered. No, no, it's, it's it's just, yeah, it's room for thought. I'll go to Spilo first, and then I'll talk to Flats about this. But Spilo, your <laughs> feelings on the Wrecking Ball conundrum. Yeah, but Ball is like really unique because in a lot of circumstances, you're either catching somebody isolated and they're just automatically dead because you can go anywhere that you want. Or they put even like the slightest bit of attention on you. They're going to stop you from getting the kill. Um, but I think <clears throat> where Ball's difficulty is, is that I think by design, at least accidentally in Overwatch 2 with the adaptive shields and the head hitbox and the movement and the tech, your survivability is like insane. So you're not going to have like that burst of value. You're going to go and you're going to go and you're going to go. You're going to have that uptime. You're going to be able to go in and again and again until they yeah, succeed. And then all of a sudden now your uptime is like completely tanked. So I think the problem with Ball is that like it's both the perfect example of like the indirect value not feeling great where like Theoretically, your team should be able to kill the enemy tank because you're pulling all of the healing and the damage resources in your direction and you're still surviving it. Um, and that doesn't feel as fun. I, uh, I think also as well, though, like I was saying, is that there's the difficulty of um, you know, how do you balance this character that can live forever unless they you know, fill in the blank, right? Unless it's hack or discord or sleep. And they, then all of a sudden his... And I think that's the problem is that like tank struggles. A lot of these tanks struggle the most with utility. And if the tank doesn't have a way of dealing with that utility, they die instantly or they're unkillable. I mean, how many times have we played versus an 1,000 HP ball without CC, without Discord? And the ball literally is just fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and, and you just can't kill it. And I think that those extremes are where that's where you have people feeling like they need to counterpick. So finding some inherent way of having ball be able to deal with that crowd control better, mitigating crowd control better 
and then compensating by removing his health pool, that allows him to actually lean into his uptime and actual consistent damage threat. Um, I do also think, uh, like Edel said, some of the things that he said in his video were really good. I think uh, the boop on tank, the 1v1 on tank, not something that you're always doing on an Overwatch one, but it was a very important side play that's completely, almost completely irrelevant in Overwatch 2. You don't boop, harass tanks anymore. It just doesn't work, right? Whether it's the CC reduction or the, the, the HP pool increase. Um, AOE slams. Overwatch 2 is too spread out for AOE slam to have much value anymore. So that's another aspect of his kit that hasn't aged as well. So it's like, I don't think it's, I think it could be a systemic problem. But again, if you like look at it under the microscope, the answer is usually, unfortunately, I think a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, and a little bit of column C. And that's where I'm going to share a little bit of flat skepticism and cynicism to where I just don't know if they're going to be able to do, even though it might be minor tweaks, I just don't know if we're going to see the tweaks that we need quickly enough to like keep people playing uh, that enjoy those more niche characters. Yeah, flats? I mean, kind of just cooked there a little bit. Uh... I remember back in what was it? Was it season two or three? Like Ball was really, really bad before he got like his little buff um mm -hmm. with the shields and stuff like that. And I remember making a tier list in like season two, and I was like, guys, Ball isn't bad. He's just bad because he's gatekept by all these other things. And if you buff ball, he's gonna break. And then well, we had that really strong ball meta for like two weeks or something like that, right? And then after that, he got it like a little nerf, plus like Sombra came back and, and then he just like hog pretty much went out to the farm. And you know what? There's there's <laughs> nothing you can do because if you buff him again, you break him. And that's not even like a problem for us, I don't think. I think it's more of a problem than like your diamond and belows because those guys don't know how to cc the ball chain cc discord him like you see a ball and you're playing zen you're like well i gotta swap i'm gonna die but like zen also is kind of good against ball with the discord you know like your supports need to help each other and i was just reading uh from one of my editors in chat who he's a really good ball player he's like really he's like 4400 and like uh in, in overwatch one playing ball and he was like saw a ball killing their ana i didn't think the ball was good it was like wow their supports are terrible you know <laughs> you know and it's like in those ranks especially, they hate Ball because he never dies, right? And it's like this really big disconnect because he can't be good at high rank because like he doesn't have the tools he needs. And if you buff the tools he needs, you're gonna break him. And then you'll double break him on the lower end. So it's like, you're just kind of screwed, you know? And man, like I, I feel for you. I haven't actually watched your video. Would you be cool with me watching that and reacting to it? Just, yeah, go for just it. curious. Okay, cool. Yeah, no um, Cause I, I'm sure you have some really good points in there. Cause I, I, I'm not a great ball player. I never have been. I, I played a bunch of it at the end of Overwatch one. We all had to, but um, I, I just don't have an answer. Like, I wish I had an answer for you too on like what to do, but like, I think you're, you're also in the same situation as like hog players of you're either going to get giga buffed and it's going to break. Uh, or it's not going to get buffed at all and you literally can't play the hero and it's like how many you know how many characters are going to have that happen to them and you know not to go back to the hog thing but really really fast i do want to say i i mean i I've, it's very publicly known i still disagree on the one shot thing but it should not have taken seven seasons to get the hog rework we all we identified that like the beginning of the game right <laughs> Like you, sh you shouldn't have been out on the farm for seven months. You know, <laughs> like we're we're at the anniversary of Overwatch two at this point. Like, come on now, we gotta we gotta get it moving. And I know a lot of stuff happens, but uh, yeah, I, I I feel for you, and I don't really have an answer. But 
Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to that one-dimensionality thing that we were sp talking about. Like, I think the way Silo, Spilo summarized it is like, which what, what how I would describe tanking or watch two is like you're you can pop off until you're no longer allowed to, right? And that's kind of like the problem is that like you're either you're like doing 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 doing. Okay, they now picked these things and now I can't at all do the thing and it's too boomer bust, right? It's like there everything is really one dimensional in that system, right? That's why I've never been a fan of the rock paper scissors and I've railed against it from the start. But it's like if you take Sombra for example, which we mentioned a few times and I'm sure Yidel has nightmares about it, right? It's like the Sombra feels miserable for the for the ball, but then on the other side, I know Fitzy is like in the same boat where he tell, t talks to me a lot about like, well, yeah, but Sombra's really one-dimensional too. And like, I feel really frustrated. Like, they've also been waiting really long for a rework. And your character's also like, well, if I'm not doing this, I'm useless, right? It's like, if I'm not picking Sombra to counterpick a Doomfist or a ball, I'm also not, like, my character doesn't have a reason to exist. So it's like that one-dimensionality of like, it's so easy to swap to stop the thing. It's like the answers are very rarely adapt your playstyle or make this subtle adjustment to this thing that's happening. The answer so often, so easily, is just pick X hero now and this button will counter that guy. Like this button right here, that's it. That's all you need to do, and it's over. And it's 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 frustrating because that's also like the TikTokian approach to Overwatch, right? It's like the here's two simple tips for how to win an Overwatch game. When they have ball, pick Sombra. Thank you. Subscribe and follow. Right? It's like you see the that's... guy with the stream the stream deck where he has like a character and then you press the button and then it shows all the characters that counter it. And it was wrong half the time, but it was funny because it kind of works. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and that's the sad thing is that it's it, it, it's a dumbing down of the game. I know I, I can already hear Samito's voice in the back of my head being like, "It's a six v six problem, SAV. It's a six v six problem. Like this wouldn't be a problem in five five. I think it can be solved. Again, I I agree with Plas is that I don't really have a dog in the race. I just want Overwatch to be good. And I think there's so much 5v5 can offer, we've just really b barely explored it because we keep going back to this. And I, I really I really don't want the game to turn into this. I really don't want the game to turn into this very one-dimensional basic, like, we're just playing rock, paper, scissors with extra straps and better graphics, right? It's like, that's what it that's what it's become. And it shouldn't have to be that way. So I'm going to take it back to Yidl. Actually, Salt, do you have anything to say on Ball as the fellow I get countered very easily hero? Um... Yeah, as for for ball mains, I do feel for them, but I don't even mean this in a bad way. Like, let me just start off like this. I think being good at ball is probably one of the highest mechanical uh, things you can do as a tank. Like, if you're good at ball mechanically, you're fucking insane. Like, not everyone can do it, right? So you guys get my respect there. But it's just another tank that kind of defeats the purpose of how the game works, essentially. Um, kind of like Widow, right? Um, you know how Widow is pretty much the only hero that can consistently one-shot and take out a team, you know? I think that's quite out of the ordinary compared to the rest of the roster. Same as, um, oh, his survivability is fucking insane compared to other tanks. But it's just his uh, playstyle has changed a lot. Like Yisul said, you can't kill anything. You can't do anything. The only thing you can do is, hey, look at me, you know? But he does it very well. Now, you can talk about low ranks. Does it work? Yeah, I guess. High ranks is a lot harder. But if you're talking about pro play as well, I think the reason why ball isn't played that much in general is because Doomfist is just a better ball. You know, Doomfist does what Winston can do, but, you know, twice as better as well. So, yeah, I'm on the fence about ball being buffed as well, because if he is, 
it's he's very he's very I wouldn't say scary to deal with, it's just a hero you just know you're not gonna kill. Because I remember when I went against Beaver, oh my god, that was held on earth. During those two weeks, I was like, I cannot kill this guy. I cannot kill him, no matter what I do. So, yeah, it's just... They just have to be very careful how they go about certain hero buffs, essentially on tank. And going towards DPS as well, why the fuck do we still have tank busters on DPS roster? Like, numerous tank busters. Like, why, why can Echo... Do what she do does with her um her ray, you know, Reaper. The list goes on, whatnot. But yeah, that's just yeah, my take. I'm gonna go to Spilo actually, and then final thoughts from Yidl. But Spilo, any any response on what Salt has said or anything in general about Wrecking Ball? I mean, no, not nothing that I haven't already said. I think it's just okay. situational survivability can be really tough. You know, it's tough tough to balance. So I think just like again, it's like the Roadhog conversation. There's too much of one extreme too much of the other extreme i think there has to be something in between that allows ball to be more consistently not countered and yet feel like not an unlivable you know unkillable excuse me god nothing really hasn't been said though Yidl. yeah i um uh i think the rock paper scissors um aspect brings me back to it again um outplayability it shouldn't just be simple rock beat scissors like there should it, it should kind of soft counter but you should be able to do something about it um i think something that you guys brought up a lot is that ball has a lot of survivability so here's another hypothetical just like the roadhog one so imagine ball goes in um and instead of adaptive shields working to give him like all this extra health uh, the, the range is reduced and he gets cc immunity okay what that changes is he can only get the CC immunity from really close range. So he can still get slept, he can still get hacked and all this from far away, but like he he then has to get really close to like get value out of the shields, get that overhealth, for example. So I think that creates some outplayability because one, now the ball can outplay the sleep, the hack or whatever, right? He, he's about to get hacked, adaptive shields really quick. Okay. Um, he's about to get slept, adaptive shields real quick. But they can still stop him from a further range or or they can wait for the shields to happen or etc that's that's just my take i think outplayability is the important thing here and obviously you'll have to change yeah. the dials on thing maybe less health etc bring back I mean, experimental patch like, i would love to see that tried out now i mean yeah i think that's the issue with a lot of tanks is that we are easily punished but we have we can't do anything about it we can't punish back i think essentially that's the biggest problem especially with doomfist and ball you lock in sombra you're pretty much you're pretty much fucked unless you're a one trick where you know how to actually deal with it. We learned this lesson already. I feel like we already learned this lesson years ago. It was called Brig. And it was like Tracer oh, yeah. was really good, so they introduced a character to hard counter the Tracer and it broke the whole game. And now we have like eight of them or more. Yeah, I share oh, I share this man. frustration with you, Flats, because it feels like that's one of my frustrations with Overwatch's balance. That it feels like it's a lot of questions we've already answered so like today we had the dev vlog uh about like many things we talked about the hawk thing but also the may thing and they said oh okay we're, we're actually toning back the cc that we buffed be that we gave may because that wasn't fun and i was kind of like D we knew that like we knew that for years for years we said this and then we tried it anyways and now we're like oh sorry guys we learned like are we gonna do another life cycle of overwatch one to learn this like to the same things that we learned before <laughs> Like, ask anybody who played and they would have told you this is bad, right? And even the philosophy of it was was what, something I disagree with. Because I remember when they buffed May, they were like, oh yeah, she's not performing as well as we'd like. And it's like, 
Yeah, it if better. yeah, if May if it's May fine. if May performs as well as Tracer, right? In every situation, if if you're looking at the win rate across every map, literally, right? If you're looking at the pick rate, win rate across every map, across every comp, against every scenario, and May is even remotely comparable to Tracer, your game is fucked. Your game is like there's no one's gonna play that game because the what you need to do on May versus what you're doing on Tracer is like worlds apart. So like they just need to let this go. Like we just need to. Learn faster or, or lean on the people who know that they've already been here. They've already done this. We don't need to experiment again with the same thing we did before. Like, let's just skip ahead. Ironically, it wasn't even a buff. It was a buff in no. certain new situations. Like, you shouldn't be freezing a tank anyway if you're a high level in May, right? And right. It was a nerf, a significant nerf of being able to deal with duels at close range. And yet, every May, I remember the Korean top 500 May player, I was read some big posts about how it was an overall net nerf and this was stupid. And yet... Nobody's happy. Nobody's happy with this change. Nobody wants this. It's true. It's it's the same with uh, Sombra as well. Like again, I know the Sombra players are not happy with how they change Sombra, but then everyone's frustrated against what they're going up. So it's like nobody's happy. Neither the players who played the hero. Ho uh, Salt's gonna be frustrated with the hog change. He's gonna be like, I'm not happy. I prefer the one shot. And then no, everyone else is gonna be like, we're not happy either. Because now, anyways, I'm not gonna try and turn into a rant. But speaking of potential rants, let's go over next. To the boy Reinhardt, the the stalwart of of Overwatch. So we have Ryan God himself, Flats. You gonna? Oh, I know Salt has. I know Salt has a hot take coming later. But first, your your uh, <laughs> thoughts on Reinhardt at the, at the moment. Well, I was gonna make a point earlier. We were talking about one shotting on tank. There was a very very mysteriously no talk of why Ryan can't one shot anymore. Um, most characters. Uh, and I understand why they did it because they were trying to get rid of one shots across the board. Um, but I will say this, okay? Uh, Ryan, I don't even know if it's like that bad of like what he is now. It's just there's so much other stuff that breaks him or literally just turns off your ability to play the game that there's very little reason to pick the character. Um, because you're going to get bullied by Orisas, you're going to get poked out by Sigs, depending on maps, you're going to get bullied by Sombras. If they have a May, right, you know, are they going to win every game on May? Maybe not, but you know what the May is going to do every fight? It's going to wall you off from your team, and then you have to do the dance where you just jump there and hold your shield and wait until somebody breaks the wall, and if they don't break the wall, well, you ain't having a good time. And even if you survive, you got to go around the corner and wait because you're 100 HP with no shield. And so it's like, you did your job perfectly, and you survived, but it was, oh my god, was it ass. And the fun part of Ryan used to be able to, he was pinning people and getting the kill and shattering people. Well, Shatter got nerfed, which was, like, the one cool thing it had with, like, the one shot. But, like, back in the day, Shatter used to be three seconds. I don't know if people remember that. But, like, I was actually, before I was a streamer, I actually was rolling people on ladder during double shield meta because all the double shield players were dumb. And, like, they put down the rest of shield, and the Sigma put her sh his shield, like, two feet behind. I just walked through and shatter him and just get a six-man. It was, like, win every fight. It was great. But then they put it down to 2.5, and then you weren't able to really kill anything but then you also have AOE heals, and you also have these longer-lasting heals, and you got, like, an Alari turret that's up, up somewhere on the map because ML7 made a video on, like, where there's, like some, like, some spot that you can't see it, and it's, like, way off in the side. And so you shatter someone, and you, like, swing, swing, fire strike, and, oh, the support, like, the other support was had an AOE heal as they were on the ground, and it actually healed the other guy, so he's just stand up, and then they CC you back and then kill you. So it's, like... 
the fun part of the game isn't really even that impactful anymore because you know talking about ball earlier is how often do you get a massive shatter anymore you don't like you get like one maybe two people like if they're all standing in a line and don't have any cooldowns you're probably playing in like the metal ranks like i i can't even tell you the last time i got a five man shatter i i literally couldn't tell you it's been it's been months if that so what else do you have you have your hammer which they buffed in overwatch one from 75 damage to 85 damage and i don't even know if you ever even needed that buff at the time what he needed was better survivability and now you got a little bit of extra shield um although they he lost a bunch of armor earlier like season two or one like you know like way back towards the beginning so i don't know if you guys saw like cloudy cloudy made a tweet and he was like he has like his like uh his hero mastery stats and he's like level 200 in wins like level 190 in kills and his shield is 700 almost close to 700 like level 700 because all he does is sit there and shield 90 percent of the time and that's so boring like you literally don't play the game half the time because if you try to make a play you're gonna get cc'd you're gonna get bullied and you're gonna die so like you gotta go through the checklist okay do they have all these cooldowns okay they used all the cooldowns okay let me walk two steps forward oh they have the cooldowns back so it's like, okay, there's that. Then you actually can't even play the character a lot of time unless you have a Lucio. But Lucio isn't as good right now in like ladder because you can just pick like Bap, Ana, or uh, Ilari or whatever. And they just do so much damage and so much poke. You're never going to get there anyways. And you're going to lose the poke battle. There's just like so many things that are like played against you that why play the character? Because let's say you go to Shatter him, the rest of spears you out, or you go to Shatter him, they pop Fortify, or you go to Shatter him, and they like, carry time sues you, so even if you hit them, they all instantly stand up, or they they hit it on the way down, and the Shatter just gets negated. Oh, they slept you. Oh, you're slept for your whole Shatter duration. Oh, they, they popped an anti, like an Ananade as they went down, but they also have like an Alari turret. Well, guess what? Now they're getting extra healing from the Ananade plus the Alari turret. You ain't killing them. So everything that you have is now basically revolves around getting a, like a lucky fire strike kill and basically being a shittier Orisa where you just stand there and you wait and hope to not die because like the days of aggression and the days of going forward and trying to make plays are gone. So why play the shittier Orisa when you can just play the better Orisa, Orisa, <laughs> you know? So yeah, um, it's tough. I'm not saying he's like the worst tank right now, but like it ain't fun. That, that is a damning indictment i mean i'm actually surprised because uh, uh in response to the tweet for this podcast cloudy actually replied and said tank feels very good right now especially reinfart only issue is orisa and bastion nerf tank nerf them and then tank perfect which i was very surprised i was shocked especially considering you know cloudy seems to be doing all kinds of wacky shit on reinhardt no shield challenges and whatnot so maybe he's making his own fun but yeah i I was surprised to see here he was kind of still having fun. I want to let Yidl have a go and Spilo, and then I want to let Salt, you know, unhinge to the maximum. But yeah, Yidl, <laughs> do you do you kind of do you feel like more on the flat spectrum or the more the the cloudy spectrum? Where he's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, I think Reinhardt is probably like one of the uh, middle of the pack slash better tanks for outplaying stuff. But I, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be like way more fun. Um, I think. There's a good point to be made that pin, there's just so much stuff that you have to account for. I feel like the outplay window was not getting pinned. Like, he has to charge up, he makes a loud noise, you know he has his ability, you had time to outplay it. So if you get hit by that pin, just for it to get negated by a cleanse and then the Reinhardt gets punished, 
is a bit silly with like how easy it is to just cleanse, you know? Um, another example would be like immortality field. Hypothetically, if it had a slightly longer windup time, then it's like, okay, the Reinhardt probably went too far with that pin. Fair enough. But I think with Reinhardt specifically, my take is that I think he's pretty good. Like he can shield hack, he can shield sleep and nade. But I do agree that the pin, like once you get it, you should have it like 90% of the time. So I think uh, that's that's my take on Reinhardt. So maybe some sort of like, yeah, when someone is pinned, they can't be, I don't know, fortified during cleansed, pin. Be yeah, fortified during pin might be a bit much, but something like yeah. where you, once you grab a guy, they're like, maybe once they grab, they're intangible, so they can't be helped or so, I don't know. Spitballing, yeah. but Spilo, you go, and then again, I'll, I'll let Salt kind of just go wild. I don't think much, you know, I think he's fine. I think it's mostly fine as a design. I, th I think like that the tweak they gave to his pin, like I was saying earlier, is just awesome. Um, I just think that if we could just have less, he still has to deal with some stuff that he shouldn't have to deal with. Like really a lot of the tank roster, maybe not as much as a Winston or as a Wrecking Ball, but uh, he does have play ways of outplaying it. But, you know, Orisa Javelin, it's just fortify, you know, it just feels feels annoying to play into. Uh, Bastion still feels annoying to play into. Um, you know, I, I think just changing i think leave reinhardt as is maybe some tweaks to like you were saying shatter maybe some tweaks to pen but don't touch ryan i think ryan is great but Shane, his environment does need to be improved interesting all right salt you've been stewing <clears throat> go ahead make people mad um my whole take about ryan is that he's one of the dumbest heroes and should never exist in the whole game of overwatch <laughs> and i've got there's a reason why he's very popular low skill not very mechanical now listen i'm not an idiot like i'm very logical um high tier gameplay you know high gm whatever it's mind games right and it, when you win those mind games you land the shatter it's an amazing feeling like i get that i used to play a lot of ryan back in i watch one too before i was a streamer and everything but it just doesn't make sense because I, I forgot what season it was but he was buffed for like a month maybe or like two months i forgot when but I, it just doesn't make sense. Something that is 600 plus health, half of it armor, uh, charges in, makes a mistake, oh, cancels. And then he has two fire strikes, 100 damage that can, you know, pretty much delete people. And then he has a shatter and a shield to, like, negate everything. It's you like, just described the character, Salt. What are you talking no, but like, about? <laughs> but that's the thing. He has everything. He has everything. Why can he shoot across the map? Why can he cancel a mistake? Why can he get out of everything when he wants? Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I'm just backing up now. Bye, guys. Oh, I go in again. Bye, guys. You know, like, it just doesn't make sense. Where is the chink in his armor, you know? Where is his weakness? And that goes to, you, just you know... You just described it. Uh, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think him as a hero, he is... He's not as weak as you say. Because he works insanely well with certain heroes like Bastion Sim right now, I'm going to give... This is, like, exposing what he's really good with right now. Sim and Bastion and Bat, he's fucking insane right now. He can he literally... played Ryan without much... the Sim. No, but that's the thing, like... You played him without Lucio. The thing with Ryan is, like, he is bad, right, without those people, but in order to be insanely, like, insane and good, he needs those, those people. And that's why I think it's a flaw. Why should you, as a tank, have to depend on that? And then why should I, as a support or a DPS, have to fill around you? 
And then in the end, if you get tanked lift by the other guy, right? Like, so let's say you, another Ryan lands a whole shatter and you, we lose. Oh, so I just filled for some tank who dictates, dictates the whole game. It makes no sense. Where's the 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 you just disproved your own point in like two seconds. And most people aren't going to do that. So you can't play the character oh, but... because most players aren't going to do that. Wait, what? Yes, yeah, so just remove him from the game. So hang on, hang on. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is the impactful part of Ryan? I think the most impactful part of him, the fact that he can just go in, revert his uh, mistake, and just walk out. What do you mean go in, revert his mistake? Like he's okay. So you said right, uh, charge uh, should yeah. should have like this tangible thing where if he charges someone, they're dead, right? Okay, so uh -huh. if he has that, why is he able to cancel his charge? That makes no sense. You know? Like, why can't he commit, like, Overwatch 1, Ryan? Like, he doesn't have... He just doesn't because you don't have a second tank. You can't get backed up. You're going all-in play. But, like, that that's the counterplay Because otherwise, his charge is too easy to counterplay. You had every that, hack, any sort of CC. But that's what... No, no, I'm saying... The fact that he has a cancel, he shouldn't have something tangible. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think it's okay, but I also think charges on such a low cooldown. It's like pretty much the same cooldown as Hoghook. I don't think I've ever For met one a tank time. player that thinks the, the strongest part of Ryan is his pin. No, I'm not saying it's his pin. It's, it's the fact that he's allowed to go in and revert his mistake. Just like that. But how else do I'm you like, get there? Like you, just, like, you talk about like with walking up, and then you burn your whole shield... You know, like you're you you lose all of those resources, which, by the way, I just want to point out, like earlier, we talked about like hog and we talked about all these tanks making plays and like wanting to do something. But like everyone's point about Ryan has been his shield. And that's like you the most boring part. That's the part you just stand there and like try not to die. Like that's you're you, like you guys tell me like, oh, like, oh, you should have one shot on hog. But then also say like, oh, but Ryan can sit there and shield. You don't do anything. You sit there and you shield. The fun part of Ryan is fire strikes. The fun part of Ryan is going all the way in, hitting that pin or hitting that sh that shatter, right? So it's like I don't really I don't know how we we sit there and we look at like the shield botting style of Ryan is like is that supposed to be peak Ryan? Because like I think we're very disconnected on what people actually think or what like why people play it versus like what you're saying is why people play it. I mean. Yeah, you can find a different aspect of him, which is fun. Doesn't mean that's necessarily the best way to play him. You know? I th I think he just doesn't fit. A, a tank shouldn't be completely... You don't mind. Let me try and help Salt here, because I feel like, we're, you know, your own thoughts are, are getting a little bit clouded. What Can you describe what is, like, a frustrating situation that you find when you encounter Reinhardt? Like, can you describe the situation where you're like, this feels unfun to me? I think it's very unfun. I know a lot of people disagree, but they they hardcore want Ryan Meta. But in my opinion, Ryan Meta is not fun. It's just it it never is. You hard force an entire team to fit into your you know around you and play around you, and then it hopes you pop off, right? I just don't like the fact that it's rushing like brain dead rats and attack like piranhas. I think that's so boring. And then I if I play Ryan, I you know. I have to hope I have someone who's actually playing the correct character. Or um, I have to hope I play better or I, you know, win the mind games. No, I get it. Like, it's kind of like GOATS, I guess, where it's fun for a while, a little bit, but after a month or two, it's like, nah, this is fucking boring. And so, he doesn't... Let me so get I was this just going to say. 
I just want to say the un so the unfun part of or sorry the unfun part of Ryan is players picking characters to play with him, and that's no Ryan's no no. But the whole boring part is Ryan's gameplay. I just think Rush is such a brain dead fucking thing. It's right next to Double Shield. But I'm gonna be honest, it's right next to Double Shield. And if you you can disagree. But you're just you're just bad at the game. Well, not you, fat. Sorry, but like in general, like people are just terrible at the game because they, it's very easy just to so run in, bang, bang, like, bang, kill. It's like the overly synergistic parts that you dislike. That like the the what Ryan when when there's like four things put on top of him, like that overly synergistic thing is like unfun. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, like I think the synergy with Ryan and all the heroes together is just like it just leads to a bad gameplay, and it just and it goes straight from. Not FPS anymore, just a straight fucking zerging StarCraft 2. Like, I think it's just crazy that okay. people find it fun. And for example, you can look at the World Cup recently. Um, sure, Farah Meta, you know, uh, I don't know how to say his name, but that, that Arabic streamer, whatever, popped Yazza. off. Yes, that's the one. He almost lost to, like, Rush, I guess. Uh, I forgot what team, but... It's very strong and it's very brain dead for the value it gets, and it's not fun to play against. Okay, okay. okay so we still haven't answered the question though of like what is the problem or what makes Ryan so bad. But like the answer is like the you don't like Rush, but like you replace Ryan with Ramatra, what happens? I think it's actually leads to a better gameplay. Like I'm gonna be real because why though? Ramatra doesn't have a pin that instantly kills. He doesn't have a fat-ass shield that he can, you know, stop every single damage without, uh, you know, having a weakness where Ramatra has 400 health. Uh, okay, I mean, I, I no, get... no, but when you, if you have shield and you use block, let's say you're a mech form, as soon as those run out, you're weak, right? Yeah, Ryan like, doesn't but, have that. You, but when you cycle through cooldowns on Ramatra, you almost never don't have something. You have your shield... And then when your shield's done, you have your nemesis. Form, all right, all right, all right. And then you I, have your. I'm stepping in here. I'm stepping in here now because we we're kind of straying far from the word of God, and we're kind of getting into the nitty gritty of just like this, the sub subjective preferences of what kind of comp we d like and don't like. So I'm gonna move away from that. I'm gonna ask Yeedle and Spilo if they have any more thoughts on Reinhardt before we move on to another hero. Either of you? I, th I think one of the. Little details is I think that the charge change is why we can actually see Ryan outside of Rush. I think without the charge change, you don't see Ryan outside of Rush. The charge change is what gave him that autonomy that allows him to actually move around the map in more circumstances. So to Salt's point, I think I agree that some of the times when we see Rush, I'm I'm a I'm a Rush hater, right? I'm a Western coach that hates Rush. It's it's like it's not supposed to be that way. But but I think it's because I don't like Bastion. You know, I don't like Sim trading on the front line. So when I talk about things aspects of Ryan that I don't like, it's some of the Rush DPS characters that he enables through Shield, not the pen. It's the Shield. You know, I don't think the Shield is necessarily wildly OP necessarily. Don't quote me on that. I think it's probably mostly fine. Although they did buff it recently. They buffed it 200 HP. I don't know why. Nobody knows why that was the thing they decided to buff. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, I, I think it's mostly the shield, if anything. But I think the charge is, charge is the best part about his kit. I think without charge, it's... I, I, don't, I don't think the character's playable. I think the character's only playable in Rush without the uh, charge change. So I, I, I don't know. I, I can see aspects that are annoying, comps that he can enable that are kind of annoying. But I think the character it's, itself is, is good. And I think, if anything, the shield is something that could be looked at. But... 
even then, I, I don't think it's a, a, a big, big deal, personally. Okay. If Bill's another hero, I'd say that maybe they need to, like, change him in a way so that... Um, I, I think the main thing is, like, pins, so that he can more consistently get more pins. But I think, really, it, it's... My beef is more with immortality. I think the problem is, like, you can outplay a sleep dart, but then you throw in the mix, the cleanse as well. Like, there, there's starting to become too many things that you need to calculate when you go in for a pin. And I think... Again, my beef is with immortality. I think both cleanse and lamp are just too quick to just counter pin. I think it needs to be like, you get the pin, you get the pin. Unless you go across the map with it, then it's like, okay, they had like three <laughs> seconds to throw the lamp and have it build up. So I, I think, uh, yeah, immortality is more of a problem. Ryan's kind of fine. Okay, fair. All right. That's a good range of opinions on, on the character Reinhardt, a healthy discussion there. Let's move on then. I'm going to start going alphabetical now. So we've kind of discussed some of the more standout tanks. Let's go back to D.Va. So D.Va, I don't think has, has received too much discussion, uh, but I'm going to go to Yidl first again. Yidl, you've played a lot of D.Va. Your feelings on her right now? Because I feel like some people, I've heard this take where a lot of people feel like she's actually kind of outdated as well in Overwatch 2. Like she doesn't really do anything that's be like better than what an another tank could already do. Yeah, I'll say um, in Overwatch 1, I used to be a D.Va main before I was a ball main. I was a really good D.Va main. I was 4,500. It was the first tank I ever got top 500 with, and I flew to 4,500 with it, which is crazy. Uh, I did it out of voice chat, too. <laughs> but no. I think D.Va is like... I don't like the direction they've gone with D.Va. I haven't played her much in Overwatch 2, to be fair, but it's mostly because I don't like the direction they've gone. I think they should have made her a super mobile peel tank and not so much emphasis on her ability to just, like put in the work, put in the damage. Um, but besides that, I mean, uh, I, I think D.Va, like, the only interaction I'd complain about is, like, D.Va versus Zarya. I think Zarya is the one tank that I'd say that there's something, like, actually really broken with, and it's the fact that she can just double bubble herself. I think that there should be a window in between one bubble and another bubble. I know I'm kind of strained, but the reason I'm saying this is because in Overwatch 1, if the Zarya used the bubble, Zarya's the counter to D.Va, then you could punish the Zarya and push her. But in Overwatch 2, it's like, you're just hard countered. She has two bubbles, and you might not know if she has the extra bubble or not. So I think my... Uh, well, one, I think she should be the mobile peel tank. And two, I think uh, her versus Zarya is kind of like a dumb matchup with how it's working. It's like, it's so one-sided. That's it. Okay. So it's a bit too, yeah, one-dimensional. Spilo, do you have any thoughts on, on what you... I disagree Dibble? with both takes, actually. Um, just just to introduce some spicy. I, I think the first thing is that like I think the mobile peel is, is like what initially got people into Diva, and that was unquestionably her playstyle. But the problem with that is that was when we had a guarantee that somebody on the battlefield is on the front line and needing that peel, needing that. And even then, you still had to make proactive plays. The problem with like leaning too far into the peel and only the peel playstyle is that well, what if they're not running dive? What if there isn't anything that's actually rushing? What if they're actually, you actually have to go and make plays yourself. And if you lean too heavy, heavily into the play place off, for example, imagine if Zarya could only bubble her teammates, right? I think that's kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of speaking in caricature here, but I, I don't think that play style works as well. It's still an option. It's still very important. And which is why I, this might be a bit of a hot take, but I think Diva is one of the hardest heroes in the game to play at the highest level. Uh, I think she's unbelievably hard. Um, but... I, you do need to be able to make some sort of play yourself offensively. And I actually think they might have leaned a little too far into some of her Overwatch 1 aspects. Um, 
For example, I don't think three second matrix is good for the game. I don't think that she should be quite as tanky as she is right now in terms of armor. Um, little tweaks like that. I, I think I don't know what I don't know exactly what I would look for. It's not something I put a lot of thought into, so I'm not going to defend myself too much if somebody wants to shred me. But I just feel like there uh, she needs more a little bit more personal autonomy, um, just a little bit more. Uh, and then I, I don't think leaning more into peel, peel, peel. I think that that would be really, really good and some circumstances that would feel terrible and i think that would feel really bad and a lot of like there would be comps where it's a poke comp w what do you do like what 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 kind of play can you enable um on the zarya example obviously zarya versus diva it's a lot easier for the zarya but i do feel that diva on most maps in most situations if especially she can keep that sort of offensive option does have the capability to play around the zarya if you can move around the zarya if you force bubbles elsewhere um, I mean, Zarya is even the a killable target without bubbles. So I think that like there's still playstyle there. Again, it's, it's it's always the question about like how much easier is it for the Zarya versus the Diva. But it's not like I wouldn't say it's at the top of my list of like priorities, like hard counters. I would say Arissa versus Zarya is actually like, which is ironically, I think Zarya versus Arissa it's a lot harder for the Arissa than I think it is for the Diva. Okay, I'm gonna not give you yeah, screw Arissa, but you know. yeah, fuck Arissa. But like, I'm gonna give Yidel the chance to rebut because we had a lengthy, salty flats. Now this side of the the podcast can can have a little <laughs> tete a tete. So so Yidel, any rebuttals? Um, I I won't stand too hard on the diva because, like I said, I haven't really been playing her this season, and much like Spiral, I haven't given it too much thought about diva. Um, I did play a lot of Zarya last season, and I'll tell you, I, the times I've lost to a diva is only a handful of times. Like. It's really easy to just tear up a Zarya Skill I mean, issue. if you know what you're doing. You're just yeah. too good. <laughs> uh, maybe. But um, personally, I've had more trouble uh, with Arisa's than Divas as well. Um, it is also map de dependent. Like, if they can use high ground a lot better, like Nimbani, like, come on. What am I going to do? Um, but yeah, I, I don't have too strong of a stance on, like, the direction the diva can go i just think that we have a lot of dive heroes already like we have winston that goes in we have doomfist that goes in we have ball that goes in it would be cool if diva had a more unique play style of not being another tank that just goes in so that's why i I'm agree with saying that. Yeah. aim towards appeal yeah i agree mm -hmm. with that that's tough i mean maybe maybe there's a way that we could like look like rethink our way of peeling like i mean obviously we don't want to completely rework the character but it's maybe there's something besides matrix backline better there's something that we're not thinking of Zarya has that, right? Like the enabling somebody to actually go aggressive. Matrix is good for that too, but it's a little bit harder. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is a, a fair summary of D.Va in a sense is that like nobody really has any strong feelings on her. Nobody really has any... She's almost a little bit the forgotten tank Overwatch 2. Flats, I mean, your your homie Emong obviously was a you know famous D.Va enjoyer. And uh, maybe you have any thoughts or maybe you've spoken to him about how he feels about D.Va in Overwatch 2. Um, well, actually... Before Overwatch even launched, I kind of was making predictions, and Diva and Zarya were the two characters I thought were going to be the hardest to make work in 5v5 without just like gigabuffing them at some point. And I think that's why we quote forget about Diva is because she's not dominating right now. And if Diva got buffed or Arissa got nerfed and fell out of meta, and all of a sudden Diva's meta, I sure as shit people are going to start complaining and talking about how broken Diva is. Um, it's just people's attention changes. And unfortunately, uh, there's not really been a diva meta for a bit. So there's not really a reason why for people to get mad. And I remember when the small like booster buff happened, um, 
like it went from like to like what 3.5 or three seconds or something like that i remember i was actually talking to me long about it and he goes what why the fuck did they wonder why did they buff why they buff diva like she's fine and it's like oh well we're probably getting a rest of syndrome where it's like you know getting little small micro buffs over time and then something else changes in the meta then boom you get like this new giga tank kind of like old orissa and goats uh or after goats because orissa was supposed to be the tank to beat goats for a while do you guys remember that when like orissa yeah. got like 15 buffs and then you know ro- like they killed Old off goats halt. and it was just, yeah it was just oh my god it was just orissa like dominating that was even before double shield even came out um with sigma like orissa was just the tank um so i you know i kind of like agree and disagree uh i know Imong likes the the peel play style more i'm more of an aggressive player so i want to go in but uh you know i always get like really kind of annoyed with players because like i feel like that nobody knows how to play with new diva uh you'll have those some players and they're typically hit scan players who are like diva why aren't you just running at their team that's what you're supposed to do on diva and it's like well hang on wait a minute why do you think that oh because like their experience with diva is they take the 1v1 on high ground or something with a diva and the diva just smokes them and it's like well that's what they're supposed to do but like I get so much more value actually peeling from my teammates half the time. So like, yeah, they, what they see is what they're frustrated with and they believe, oh, that's how you're supposed to play the character. But in reality, I get more value doing something else. But like those small instances where, you know, they have an Ash that goes high ground by herself. Yeah, you can go in her face and just blow her up. And she's really good at that. But that doesn't always happen. So I feel personally when I play Diva kind of bored where I just kind of sit there and wait for something to happen. Um very very few times are you going in at least in my experience uh if i'm going in i'm picking winston because i'm assuming we have an all-in comp like a dive comp and yeah diva kind of like blows up winston like ranked solo queue and that can definitely like be a factor but at least in my personal experience uh it's realistically just leftover players from overwatch one where they an off tank player or they a main tank player and the main tank players will pick winston and the off tank players will play diva and they'll kind of go to war until somebody gets annoyed, whether it's the Winston player feels like they're getting hard countered by D.Va, so then they go D.Va, or the D.Va player's team is still dying even if they peel for them, so then they go Winston as well. And I've seen it happen both ways many, many times. Um, and I, I think D.Va's good. I think her playstyle is okay. I don't think she really needs to be touched, uh, but I could totally see uh, a meta where, let's say, like, you know, Bastion gets nerfed, so like Winston becomes better again, so which then makes Diva better again because a lot of people are gonna pick Diva versus Winston, uh, whether they're a Diva player or a Winston player, and then all of a sudden that conversation pops back up. It's like Diva's OP, and it's like we didn't even change anything with Diva. Like the only difference mm-hmm. is other things change because I don't. This game is so dictated by other things that happen, but unfortunately we get these patches that balance based on pick rates or stuff like that, and like something else got secretly giga buffed in the meantime, and nobody sees it coming. So. Uh, can I, I inject think... two things? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Flats. I was just saying, I think Diva's fine, uh, but balance patches can kind of make things a lot worse than they seem, in my opinion. One I think is Diva's like really freaking hard, which is like she can go in either direction, like the peel or the aggression, and being able to know like which one is like diving the ash and high ground is technically peeling because if you don't pressure her, she's going to kill your team. And she's like being able to make that, I think it's like she's hard to balance because she is really, really, really hard, like making those micro decisions. Um, and the other thing I will say, if we're going to talk about like what D.Va needs change more than anything else, she needs to be able to remech during her ultimate. It's maybe a bit of a hot take, um, or at least shorten that animation like that. down because the reason, one of the reasons why she, she falls off so hard is because 
like she has one of the most inconsistent i don't want to say worst because it's definitely your, your mileage may vary but it, it, it is really bad in a lot of circumstances um i know i got a little bit of overwatch league glasses on right now but that her old is literally why she's not wasn't playing overwatch league she was great versus sombra and tracer she she had that peel dive dynamic um there were a lot of great diva players in overwatch league but Primal Rage versus Diva Bomb. Gee, I wonder which one I'm going to take. And I think that that would just be such a small thing. Because like, oh, it's an extra life. Sometimes, sometimes it's an extra life. Sometimes it's not. And I think that's like, that's just a, a small thing. If anything, I would change with her. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. Overwatch and shambles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... the bomb's fine, I guess. You know, it's it's classic Overwatch. But I, I do think that like, you need to be able this to get is, this is... sooner. This is definitely an area where like the rank will show because I mean, obviously I think anyone who's who's ever seen a metal rank game or played in the metal ranks was like yeah Diva Bomb is like there's a there's a pact there's two people gotta die to it like it's it's not a Diva Bomb yeah. if two people don't just walk into it but I was we had Hawk on the podcast last week and he was like yeah she doesn't have an ult like Diva she doesn't have an ult like my ult is how I die like the minute I ult everybody all ins on me I die and then that's it like you know so it's like I like that change I think it's a, a sophisticated way of addressing the problem salt. You've been very patient and quiet on the diva. Any any steam and hot takes here? <clears throat> um, not really. I I mean I've been playing diva quite a lot this patch. I think she's a necessary evil. Like I do understand she's quite strong with her E and her consistent damage and her health pool and the pill potential. But yeah, I think she's a necessary here uh evil and she is fine where she is. Uh okay. but I do agree. Her ult I wouldn't say get back into mech quick i guess like i don't know it would be interesting for a total different re rework you know i don't know like i just, i think being able to reset your health or like nearly guaranteed health reset i think is quite insane especially for someone who can then instantly re-eat fly and then also have you know 600 hp where half of it is armor i think that's quite strong to be reset but i think that's why like in my opinion winston is in a good place with Primal because, you know, when he comes, whatever his health pool is, out, uh, during Primal, when he comes out of Primal, he's then, the percentage is the same, you know? So right. I think, I think resetting Diva's health, yeah, I think that's uh, a little bit too strong, but I think a good rework would be nice for her bomb. I don't know, maybe cons more consistency with her kills, I guess, or, you know, peeling, I'm not sure what they could do, actually, but yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna try and pick up the pace a little bit on these uh, tanks now because we've no, taken a lot of you guys' time. So we're gonna try and be a little bit more prompt here. So up next, Doomfist. Uh, I'm gonna let Spilo start on Doomfist. I don't think I've, I've let Spilo start on Hero. So Spilo, give me your thoughts on Doomfist. I'm a hater and a lover at the same time. You know, I, I think like immediately in the alpha, we're like, yo, this is like super interesting, the tank. But then immediately on like power block, I'm like, oh no. Oh no, what is this ability? What is this ability? And it's such an important part of his kit because it's not just about the power punch, it's about buying time for your cooldown cycle to keep going. But I've always hated the whole idea that you get punished if you shoot the Doomfist while he's power blocking or like your teammates can shoot it. And if, if the enemy team doesn't make a mistake and doesn't shoot your Doomfist power block, your Doomfist doesn't do as much damage. Like that whole like dynamic to me, I just, everybody hates it. Nobody likes a uh, power block. It feels bad for the Doomfist if they don't shoot it. Um, Obviously, and then it's really tricky to balance because an uh, early can I quickly, Overwatch... Can I quickly yeah. interject and ask why you feel differently about that than, say, a Zarya bubble? 
Because the difference between that and a Zarya bubble is that a Zarya can still take action and like go in aggressively. So basically the way I look at Zarya bubble is Zarya bubble is what allows her to actually go out and do damage. At some point you have to shoot the Zarya. Doomfist isn't actually being a threat while he's blocking. He's standing there. So you don't actually have any real motivation to shoot him at all. Whereas a Zarya who's walking forward with a bubble or without a bubble can kind of force people to shoot her. Um, no, I think the, the, the analogy isn't perfect, but that's kind of where I'm rolling with. Um, and I think what it leads to is this tricky balance where in early beta, power punch was like so strong. It was like ridiculously strong. And then unpowered punch was ridiculously weak. And so what ended up happening is like, I distinctly remember the owl scrims. It was like, oh, they have punch. They have another ultimate, you know, it, it was just, and then now it's been nerfed to where it's like, it's not as useful. So it's like, it's not even as beneficial to charge it. I also don't like it. They, uh. You know, they removed the slow from slam, which made it a lot harder for combo. But at the same time, I played up against that slow and it sucked because you got hit by slam and you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm dead because he, I'm not going to be able to move. And it was ironic considering the fact that they removed so much CC from the game. And at the time of the beta, the alpha, he had one, two, three forms of CC with his ult, his slam and his punch. And it's just like, I think Doomfist is like one of those characters that's like, like Wrecking Ball is very unique very niche uh some there's just something super appealing about his kit super fun super active super dynamic um but i do feel like again like wrecking ball he, he is a little bit too much feast or famine very easy to crowd control doomfist uh the hp pool is just not there um but when he's rolling when you don't have that cc it can also feel impossible to kill him um not a character that I've, unfortunately, haven't put a lot of time into thinking how I would fix him, so I'm not going to give my opinion, because my opinion is uneducated and stupid. But I do think that there's a couple of problems that it's too Feast or Famine. It's too Feast or Famine, and, and it's it's with like that with Power Block. It's like that with his ability to CC you. It's like that with your ability to CC him. Um, even his ultimate, right? Probably the worst tank ultimate in the game, sometimes, most of the time, I would even say. But actually, really good in other circumstances. And that's just... It's just, it just, it just feels so, so messy to deal with that. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with the skill expression, skill ceiling. I think that's having some high skill characters is fine, but sometimes even being a really good Doomfist isn't good enough. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely a, a tricky one. As as uh, there's a lot of discussion about like DPS Doomfist versus tank Doomfist, right? I see like Quake Don often like go off about Twitter about like I miss DPS Doomfist and the skill expression of DPS Doomfist. But then I think everyone forgets just how miserable he made support players in Overwatch 1. Like, I I remember multiple times I spoke to many different support content creators, and I was like, all right, guys, you could delete one hero. Every Doomfist, Doomfist, before I finish the question, Doomfist, get that fucking guy out of here. So I, I think at least they've solved that, where it's like, I think he's less frustrating to play against than he was in Overwatch 1. But there are these other aspects of like, well, you know, his kit sometimes can be like that. I really enjoyed playing him. But I also have been on the other end where it's like, if I want to stop a Doomfist, it's like really easy. Um, like, you know, I was playing a game on Shambhal the other day and their Doomfist is wrecking us. And I was like, I'm just going to go swap Ana. And now his power block is is a death sentence. It's like, you power block, I sleep you, you die. Like, goodbye. Like, I sleep, nay, you die. Goodbye. So it's like, it is a little bit clunky. I'm curious, Salt, I remember on the, the couple times I had you on the rank gauntlet, you often tended towards the Doomfist, not your trademark hog. How do you feel about the boy in Overwatch 2? <laughs> I only picked Doomfist because chat voted, remember? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And also you inverted uh, your sends one time on Doomfist, but that was a whole other thing. That was crazy. Yeah, that's when I had crazy high sends, so one little movement was... Yeah. But, um, no, I actually uh, completed a unranked gem with him. I know it's not great, but I wanted to learn him because, in my opinion, I think he's 
one of the most strongest tanks right now in the game. I know Orisa's quite strong, yes, but I could argue that he's even better than Orisa. And people would like to sit here and say, oh, Hog counters him. You're, you're, you're brain rot, bro. You're a fucking idiot. You like genuinely, if you think Hog counters Doom, you're a fucking idiot. Um, but yeah, I think the problem with Doomfist as a character is he has no downtime. He jumps in, right? He has another ability as an escape. But during when he's in, he also has a block. And you can't do anything to him. And then he's out. It's like, where is his downtime? Oh, wait, his downtime is two seconds and he's back again. That doesn't really make sense. For example, you said you play Anna, right? But what is, what is another player supposed to do if they're not on Anna? If your role isn't support, you know? I think... And then also... I think Doom is in the middle as if he is countered, it's very, it's a hard counter too. So it's very weird how he's just so uh, dominant with no Sombra, but then it's the complete opposite when he has one counter. So I'm not sure how they could balance him. Maybe, um... yeah, I'm not sure actually, but maybe they could reduce his block time so. His entire block doesn't, you know, count for when uh, his other abilities come off cooldown. Does that make sense? Sorry, I'm really bad at explaining to myself, by the way, guys. My bad. But it's okay. Dude. You take it. Take your time. Don't worry. But he jumps in. Let's say that's five seconds, and he blocks, right? Then all his abilities count down, and then his abilities are up, so he can jump away again, like or just continue going in. I think that's a bit too much. But I, I, I think what they should do in order to make him balance is either. Increase his cooldowns, but allow him um, to be more tankier, I guess. Right. Or have more kill potential. One of the. Okay, fair enough. Like I said, I will, I will, I will try and speed us along a little bit, but Yeadle and, and Flats, any sort of bouncing off of uh, what's been discussed on Doomfist? So, this is part Doomfist, part everything. Um, we originally started off talking about why tank is not fun and things are kind of bad and you know, the difference between being the star player versus being the player everybody blames and stuff like that. Um, I do want to be a little careful because I feel like this whole time we've gone through characters, we've been just talking about how to nerf them, like, even more. Uh, and, and I feel like, isn't, like, most of the characters, like, not that good right now? Or at least they don't feel that good. I agree, actually, with the take of Doomfist. Actually, is really, really good. Um, but the, here's the problem. Uh, the actual really fucking good Doomfists are, like, one in a million. Like, they, they don't exist. There's, like, ten of them on the whole ladder. So, I mean, that's honestly, in my opinion, more of the problem with Doomfist more than anything, is that the average player literally can't pick up Doom and play him. Like, there's just, there's no way. If I picked up Doom right now, I'd, I'd be terrible. Um, yeah, he requires a ton of skill expression, and a lot of people like that, but uh, I also want to be careful because, like, at what level you start gatekeeping characters where it's like they are so hard to play that nobody can play them right and then yeah you have games where like i know you're talking about like that like that crazy doomfist player and you're like dude what do you do because like you know if let's say you're on tank like how do you deal with doomfist um it's like yeah you can go like arissa but like the really good dooms just kind of ignore you right like they just go over your head and they're just like yes i'm out yeah. see you later um you know, where else do you go? You go D.Va, maybe? Like, yeah, you can, like, you can eat the shots when they punch somebody into a wall. But, you know, you have to do so many other things on D.Va. Like, you you burn through your resources really quickly. Uh, so, the th I think 
the reason why you don't see a lot of people complain about Doomfist very often is because he's so hard. You don't see good Doomfist that often. Um, and so how do you buff him? I don't know. That's a scary question. Uh, and I know Doomfist players probably wouldn't like this. And I'm not saying this is like what you should do, but like this is my own personal take is that you shouldn't have characters that have that high of a skill ceiling to where 99% of the player base cannot even play the character without feeding or like break or like you will lose the game like just by picking that character and that's how you get people get really frustrated with their tank players and like oh tank diff like whatever and like this per person is just trying to learn how to play doom but they can't because it's going to require so many hours and so many games and things just kind of fall apart um so i don't actually know how to how to do anything about doom i i agree though it is kind of like i don't know a little weird to play against and the whole power punch block thing it I'm not saying there's a way to fix it, and I'm not saying the Doofus Overwatch 1 was better than Overwatch 2. I don't really have a dog in this fight, but uh, I I do wonder if the characters in it, like, does the character need any changes? Is he fine? Or is it actually at the point where, like, only, like, 10 people can play him? So, I, I don't know. It's... I will interject real quick. I, I, I know... I can read what's Philo's mind. Skill floor is actually what you're talking about, not skill ceiling here, right? Because what you want is someone should be able to entry on Doomfist at the skill floor oh, yeah, and still yeah, be right, all right. right. Whereas you're happy with the skill ceiling for the zebras of the world to still do their so thing. How much of it yeah. is how difficult the skill floor is versus yes. just how easy it is to counter him. Right. Yeah, that's the problem. I think it's too easy. I think we come back to Sombra and the Ana and the Torbjorn and the Eurist example. I don't think it's a Doomfist problem. I think Doomfist, if you can go out there and smash some abilities at the enemy team and you're not getting chain CC, you can get decent value out of the character. I think until they go... And I think, again, he's just more victimized by that than maybe other tanks. Mm -hmm. Yidl, I'm, I'm going to give you your say, and then we're going to move on to the next tank. Yeah, I don't have much. I think uh, Doomfist, Doomfist is a better ball. Um, <laughs> and I think that uh, he, he's in a pretty good spot. But um, I still think that, like, my beef is with Immortality. Uh, that's my beef. I feel like they really got to do something more about immortality to make it a little bit harder. Because, there's uh, again, it comes back to there's just too many things that you make a high-risk play, and you, you successfully achieve it, like a power-to punch. You get the power-to punch, you hit the shots, but it gets cleansed, like like that. Like There's just too much of that. We can't have that. There needs to be a wind-up, some kind of extra catch to it. Um, but otherwise, I think Doomfist is mostly fine. Just, um, I know when I played Doomfist, it was a little bit hard for me to, like, like, some Doomfists will get the power to punch, and they'll hit those shots. But the, the person that you punch will do, like, a head bobble, and it's so hard to hit them. I feel like consistency, consistency, ugh, consistency there would be nicer. But, hey, maybe it's a skill issue. I don't know. Yeah, actually, um, hearing you talk, there's, like, yeah. a little uh, mini epiphany that's, like, I think the, one of the frustrations that, you're, that you've been getting out a lot, Yidl, is, like, with a lot of tanks, you're building up to a one moment that a lot of these immortalities negate. I think that's the difference, where it's like, where if you're a Kiriko or you're a Bap, your whole game isn't the one ability, right? You you can do damage as Kiriko, you can do damage as Bap, you have an ult that, that are, have other utility. But you also have this thing where the tank, for example, is building their whole playstyle around, like the Doomfist. Your your whole play is, okay, I'm, I'm slamming, I'm punching, I'm building my block, now I got my charge punch, I'm ready. And then that one moment comes and it's negated. And that's I, mm. probably where the frustration of a lot of tanking lies, is that a exactly. lot of it comes to set up for this one moment that then is taken away from you, and then you're like, oh, uh, I got to start from zero, and then you're, you're like, everything you did was useless. Is mm. that fair? Is that something you agree? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Because there's already like stuns and stuff. Like you could hit the sleep dart, and that's clutch. Like you hit the sleep dart, it's a wind up. Like th there's more to it. 
you're hitting a really fast target. But again, the cleanse, the immortality field, it's just a simple throw it at the ground, throw in that general area, and in the flick of a finger, it's there. It's, it's too easy to get that amount of value. Yeah. And another final word, which is like, as someone who plays a lot of Doomfist recently, is like, the other frustrating part of Suzu is that you can charge your punch and then you go through them and you feed, uh, which is like a really horrible feeling because you're like, okay, I'm going to anticipate hitting this punch and stopping here and then boom and then, oh my God, I just went through them. I'm in their back line. I have nothing. I'm dead. Like, you're just like, okay, well, so that, I mean, it's been talked about before, but something they really should, the intangibility of it is something they should really consider. Okay. We're going to head over now to Junker Queen, Salt. John Queen was another hero you played when we uh when we had you on the on the gauntlet. Give me your thoughts on the queen. Mm. As uh, others said, like I was the best jungle queen player. <laughs> but, um, no, I got I played her a lot. I know a lot about her. I got very high heal over. I I think she's a very good hero and she's in a very good spot in general. I know uh, Arissa's very dominant right now, but I think Queen's fine. I. I find, I guess, you the only issue is maybe her hitbox that people have trouble hitting her, I guess. But I think she's in a perfect spot. She's satisfying to play. She's satisfying to watch. And uh, if you play correctly, you deserve everything you get with her, you know? Um, but yeah, that's what i got to say. She's, she's great where she is, I guess. The only thing where she sucks is, I guess, going against snipers. That's pretty much it. But then that's just a comp issue. Flats, how do you feel? Uh, I agree with most of it. Um, I think that they they cooked pretty well with the way they changed her shout um, and kind of like made it a little bit more selfish and made it a little bit more uh, like about her play instead of just like enabling everybody else, which I thought was a good change. Uh, I will say uh, I think that Queen is probably one of the characters that falls victim to the checklist thing like really well uh if they have like anna kiri it's like okay if i have an ult coming up here they have to make sure suzu's gone and then i also have to make sure sleep dart's gone because you sit there long enough that you're probably gonna get slept out of it or if they have a cast and it's like you know cast is not that good right now like let's 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 not get it twisted but like if you have a junker queen and you pick cast you're gonna do okay because if she pops her shout and tries to run at you stick back away if she goes to pop her ult stick that's over um so and also zarya is really good right now uh so i don't see like i, th I think junker queen can kind of get shut down by zarya pretty well at least at the moment um so I, I agree i think she's in a great spot uh i don't think she needs any buffs or nerfs but in terms of like how much fun to play i think she's super fun with her knife or carnage or shout all that stuff but the way you interact with other characters really cannot be a fun time. Especially if you're like full HP, you go for that that big ult, you know, like they happen to waste Suzu super early, full HP, and then like they had a Sojourn uh, Sojourn Mercy and uh, a Widow, and you literally just get deleted before you even even move. <laughs> you now it's like, oh, that's, oh. And it's not just like one instance, there's at least seven or eight different ones, uh, and that can probably affect her a little bit. But overall, I think she's fine. Mm -hmm. I, th I think so too I think she's I think they did an amazing job with Junk Queen like making this hero like it's the typification I think of what an Overwatch 2 tank should look like super fun super rewarding you never feel I, I never felt bad losing to Junk Queen in the sense of like this is a cheesy lame bullshit it's like very hard to execute so I can't imagine someone being mad that they got outplayed by Junk Queen 
Uh, Spilo or Yidl, again, feel free to raise your hands if you got something to say, but anything to add on Junkui? I think mostly fine. I think, like, has a little bit of mobility, has a little bit of range, can be not just a short-range character, has that inherent speed boost, has the ability to pull people closer with her knife. It's a skill shot. You don't feel cheesed if you get hit by it. Um, mostly just what Flat said, the only thing that's annoying about Junker Queen is not Junker Queen, but some of the things that she has to deal with, like with Suzu, Sleep Dart, things like that. There's ways of playing around it a little bit with speed, but, you know, some limiting factors. But in terms of Overwatch 2, dynamic, mechanically engaging. Yeah, no complaints. You know? Yeah, uh, pretty much everything they said, she's fine. I think the only thing me personally, I enjoyed in the beta when she had a shorter cooldown because I felt like there was a more aggro fast uh play style minus like everybody else getting it because i know that's what made it broken everybody got the shout i liked being the junker queen that had a short shout on the short cooldown because it made me feel like i can make plays a lot more um it shorten the duration and shorten the cooldown yeah that would so. be interesting yeah yeah, yeah i mean much i know they're reluctant I mean, yeah. to they're reluctant to add like complexity they even talked about it in today's blog where they were like oh we don't like complexity but you could also have added things where it's like the shout lasts less long on others or, you know, like has less benefit to others versus yourself, right? Stuff mm. like that. So, but I know they don't like that in general because it's like, I guess it's unintuitive for the player to know that that's the thing. Anyways. Okay. Good to hear a tank that everyone's largely happy with. Well, Here's like, what, what if it didn't give overheal? What if it just gave speed? Like they shortened the cooldown, but it just gave speed. I, I feel like that's just overheal nice to her or just overheal to her maybe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I forgot about that. I mean, yeah. if it was, yeah, self over, yeah. I think that would be nice because it should be what I don't know. As soon as you shot, she just would get one shot, I guess, or like burnt way too quick. Yeah, she definitely still needs the the self health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but great to hear that everyone's largely happy. Here's one that everyone's largely unhappy with Orisa. Uh, let's go to Flats first. Flats, Orisa. Um, I'm sticking to it. I'm. I think she's the best tank to pick, but I don't think that she's OP. Uh, at least right now, I think that. If there wasn't other stuff gatekeeping what is good versus Arisa comps, I think that people wouldn't be as annoyed with her. I think she definitely is strong and is a good wall, but uh, at least in my career of Overwatch, tank has always been about making the first move, being the aggressor, uh, fight planning, you know, forcing cooldowns, whatever it is. Arisa doesn't really have to do any of that. You just stand there and not die. And and like, if anything, just reject their tank from playing the game. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've just sat on a corner and they're playing, you know, Rhine or Ramatra or Junker Queen or something, and they just keep trying to walk by me, and then I spinning spear them back, and then they get close, and then I spear them out, and then they come, I back away maybe a little bit, have my spear spinny back up, put them back around the corner, and then they're on the corner there. I bet Robert, what, like 12 seconds at this point? They're low on resources. They go to walk. I pop fortify, and I just follow them into my team. And then when they get close to a wall, I spear them, and they die. And it's like, well, I hope you had fun playing the video game there. Uh, but, like, that's not me making plays. That's me standing there just being a wall. And I think, like, Winston Diva would be pretty good. Uh if like Bastion wasn't hardcore gatekeeping it right now, right? Like as a good example, at least for Winston. Um, and being able to like, just ignore the Arisa, just go over the top, you know? And Arisa, I think does have a place in the game kind of as like a anti-brawl character. And I think there was a meta in Overwatch League where it was like, kind of like some teams were playing a few months ago where it was like, you had the brawl teams versus like the anti-brawl teams that would like play Arisa. I might be not totally right on that, but uh, I think that she can have a place but everything else has gotten to the point where 
you shut down everything else. And so you have the problem of why pick something else because it's the best one. But I don't think it's the best one because of what she can do. It's because it's the only thing that doesn't get destroyed by everything else. And I think right. that's really bad. So I don't know how to solve it without just nerfing the shit out of Arissa. But then we're kind of back to square one where everybody else is just exploding and like still having a really bad time, you know? Yeah. Uh, any of you guys have a, have any thoughts? I think I think from my end, I think just I'm on the delete Orisa bandwagon. Not literally, but like I hate this hero. It's like it feels like the anti. You know, someone I think said like the Winston's like the lifeblood of the game. She's the opposite. She's like when Orisa's good, that means shit has gone wrong. Like shit has gone bad if, if people are running Orisa. She's kind of like the Moira of like the tank, where it's like it's inoffensive if this character is fine for like an entry level, but like with the minute this character is getting played by everyone, like something fucked up. So it's a bit associative, you know, because you associate her with bad menace, but I don't think she's the enabler of the bad menace. Like, no, no, she's no, she's like I said, when she's getting played, it means bad stuff is happening. The way that Winston, right. when Winston's getting played, it means good stuff's happening. And she makes it when, worse, you know, because her she's got her own form of CC too, which is yes, know. she's very obnoxious. Yeah. I think to go up against, like as, yeah. as, as in the tank matchup, she's very obnoxious. Uh, it's tricky very, though, because like her jab, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go, go. I was gonna say javelin is like really fun and javelin spin is fun and like there's aspects of the character that I think are kind of fun. I just think that they they kind of miss the mark with like again she is pretty one dimensional like, like that's something that I keep bringing up but she's pretty one dimensional. The reason that she's she's not just good at focusing tank that's all that she can do. She can't like I remember when I was I was inting so many diamond games in like season one because I was trying dive Arissa you know when they first released it you know I was like I'm gonna try I'm gonna figure out this character I'm just like diving diving and it was it was like really bad like it was really hard it was really good if I could get there but I couldn't get there 99% of the time and I think that's part of her problem is that like when we talk about tank focus yeah she's pretty good at focusing tank but that's also that's all she can really do her range is really not very good she doesn't have any form of like consistent mobility um so all she does is survive and, and beat the crap out of the enemy tank so um, and, and like like Flash is saying, she also is really good at dealing with the crowd control and the utility that we've already established as a major issue. Hack, not as big of an issue outside of her ultimate. Sleep dart, not an issue. Nade, a lot less of an issue when you can fortify and just be, buff it out. Any form of boop CC, even though it's nerfed, it's, it's so much easier. So I think like we look at Orisa as like, I think there are aspects of her character that are fun, but she, she needs mobility. She needs mobility. And and also stuff like I'm a huge. This might be a hot take, but fortify. You should be able to headshot through fortify. You should be able to headshot through fortify. I think that's just a fundamentally stupid thing. Taking away skill shots, like there's no way that that makes any sense to anybody. I like that you can overheat her, like under, like it doesn't overheat her gun. I like the fact that you can like your CC immune. I like the dynamic there, but you should be able to headshot her. You should be able to headshot her, and no, you should be able to javelin spin in the air helicopter straight up. <laughs> I don't go. care. Give her something, I'm you in. know? Give her yeah, something, like you helicopter know? Helicopter reset. You know? Give her something and make javelin have a smaller hitbox so that it actually feels like you don't feel cheesed by it. Because it feels amazing to land javelin. I, I love javelin. But, I mean, there's just... I, I think it's like I said. It's just she's more of a damning commentary on the metas that are popular when she's being played. Um, and I don't think she's a fundamentally flawed character if you just gave her mobility and reduced her survivability or situational survivability. Like just being able to headshot through fortify. There you go. That's that's nine. That's a huge part of her problem right there. Yeetle Salt, anything you want to say on Arisa? Um, I mean, I want to say she's OP, but she is very strong right now. I think the best way to go with her is increase her cooldowns because I think the rotating of abilities just so she can live forever is quite stupid general but yeah that's just my opinion actually it's a wall climb 
small thing. Uh, Y'all notice in the last patch notes, they made it so that even if you cancel Fortify, like it's still the same cooldown. Why? Why does cancel Fortify even a thing? Like why? Yeah, yeah that? I know. Like, <laughs> I think they did it due to the interaction. Oh, the reduced with... speed. Oh, That's God. what it is. Right. So you it's don't. You're not slow. Movement penalty. Right. So you're not slowed down if you fucked up at the wrong time or whatever. Yeah. True. I had a problem at the beginning of Overwatch too, where like when, when we had that Arisa meta. Cause like I was used to Overwatch One, where it's like I fortified already, um, yeah. and I'm waiting for it to come back, and I'm spamming it, and then I insta canceled. I was, I just get so mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the the next time we talk about Ramatra with the Ramatra ult when you could accidentally insta cancel the the that annihilation. Funny. That was always a bit tragic when you're yeah. like you'd see like a flicker on the Ramatra, and you're like, wait, did he just ult and instantly cancel it? Oh, okay. But uh, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna head it to Yidl first. Yidl, you've been. A great Ramatra player. Uh, have you been playing him recently? How do you feel about him right now? Uh, nope, I completely stopped playing him. Um, I played him when he came out for like this, two, I think like two seasons, and I was loving him. Got rank one with him. It was great. But uh, slowly but surely, it just came to realize that like it's not fun to just like get slept and anti. Like I can shield one of them. I can shield the sleep. I can shield the anti, but I can't shield them both. One of them's gonna get me. Um, but I, I think I just basically stopped playing Ramatra the next season. I played Zarya. I'll get to that in a second. Um, and it just because, like, again, there's just things that you can't outplay, and it's really annoying. Um, but yeah, for for the case of Ramatra specifically versus Ana, which Ana I feel like gatekeeps some tanks and just really is just hell to play against. Like, no. But you feel happy relatively with like how he is himself. Like you think he's fine. Oh, as a, these a other things, yeah, and a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the most part, I think he's fine. I think it's just other things that that make him uh, unfun to play. Mm. I'll be curious to, when I when I next week when I talk to support players, I'll be curious. I'll, I'll feed back to them. I'll be like, look, guys, you know, a lot of the tank players are saying a lot of these tanks are fine. It's just these like other things that make them miserable. I'll, I'll be curious what their response is, where they're like, well, we need those things, you motherfucker. Like, otherwise the tanks kill us. So, yeah, it's interesting how this kind of like exchange of, of back and forth of like, okay, well, you need that, but we need this. And somehow a lot of people are left unhappy in the process. Uh, salt. You played a lot of Ramatra as well. I think you also got rank one with Ramatra. How do you feel about the hero? Um, yeah, he's he's quite fun, but he's just like very one-dimensional. Like he just, you know, you do the exact same thing, I guess. And then, yeah, you win, I guess. But I I agree with um, Ito. It he just gets fucked by supports and. Him not being meta as well is just there's just no point, especially where Arissa's meta. But yeah, I think he will come back in time when other stuff gets nerfed. So I think he's still quite healthy where he is, and he doesn't need a buff or enough. Fair. Spilo Flats, any thoughts on Ramatra? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's in like the worst spot, like balance wise. Uh. But, like, I'm so, so, so sick of this cycle of a next tank becomes meta. And it's like, no tanks got buffed. Like, no, like, no fucking tanks got to mm -hmm. change. And then something else becomes meta. And the new tank that becomes meta because of the other changes. Oh, my God, it's the worst thing on the planet. We need to nerf everything. And it's like, that that will happen to Ramatra again. Uh, because there's still people out there that think his annihilation is the most broken thing of all time. Um I think those people are kind of dumb. Uh, I think that it's actually 
not that hard to play against. And when it is hard to play against, that's when it's supposed to be hard to play against. Like I remember back in season two, season three, even season four, a little bit when I had games where I'm like, okay, we need to win one good fight here. You know, like the end of escort or hybrid, you know, like, you know, like we have one fight, we have two minutes. I picked Ramacha every time. You know why? Cause like, yeah, we might lose for two minutes, but on that last fight, when I got annihilation, I saved it. I waited for this moment to have this opportunity to use this ultimate in this exact situation. And I planned for it two minutes in advance. You know, like I didn't go back to spawn and counter swap somebody. I planned two minutes in advance. Okay. When we get to the end of the game, if they have certain support ultimates or whatever, I have to play for those. But if they don't have those, I'm free to look for this ultimate because it's really powerful and someone has to contest me. And it's like, I made that conscious decision. I made that play way ahead of time. And I know it can be frustrating to play against, but like, that is like Ramatra, you know, like Ramatra's ultimate is supposed to be impactful. And unless people are next to him, it doesn't do anything. It goes away in three seconds and it's just like a purple cloud goes poof, you know? And it's like, I don't think he's bad. I think that he's going to, he like, they all said he gets really, really hard countered. And especially right now with like Arisa meta, uh, like, you know, you're going to get speared out of your block all the time. And we haven't actually got to test how he feels since the changes, um, the armor change stack, you know how like uh, they change the way it works, like armor plus block plus is fortify, whatever. He might actually be too squishy in some in some metas in the future. Like we don't know because a lot of people always complain like, oh, Ramacho sits there and block. Do you think that Ramacho wants to sit there and block <laughs> yeah. and do nothing? Like do you genuinely think that, you know, like, so I, I think he's perfectly fine. I think uh you know maybe maybe could use a tweak or two if like other things happen and like he falls behind uh but i just know the day is coming where ramacha meta is going to show up again and everyone's going to scream for nerfs even though it's not his fault spot i want to take it to you on ramatra and then i also want sure. you to go over to go over to sigma because i'm gonna go to the bathroom so talk ramatra and okay, then talk sigma good. and i'll be rb sounds good all right i'm a bit of a ramatra hater um <laughs> i think the character is like 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 salt said is just too one-dimensional and i think like I think balance-wise, he's like relatively balanced, I suppose. But I just think I find him just so one-dimensional. I think his his Omnic form was a pretty big failure. I think the cooldowns are way too long. I think the weapon feels too inconsistent, too OP in certain circumstances, too underpowered in others. Um, I was always felt like with his shield, it should be like half or less in terms of the HP, but probably half the cooldown as well. Just let him actually move. Let him actually play around the crowd control that he struggles with, and and, and so much more. Um, I just find the cycle of basically like, let me try to get to my nemesis form as quickly as I possibly can and like actually find value. I just find that to be kind of a, a miss because it's cool having like this whole, the first tempo tank, like A, then B, then A, then B. But really the reality situation is we're, we're just playing for nemesis form. And I think that's, that was kind of a miss. Um, and while I don't find annihilation to be broken, I do find it to be kind of dull. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've never been a huge fan of like the way his abilities work. I like the design. I just don't feel like in execution as he's as interesting as he could be. But maybe that's just me. True, he is a tempo tank. Don't forget. Yeah, tempo <laughs> tank. You guys know what tempo means? It's a tempo <laughs> tank. So, you know, use cooldowns and then you don't do anything. It's never in Overwatch <laughs> have you ever seen somebody use cooldowns and then wait. No, you guys don't. Brand new concept. Let me teach you guys about how the game works. So Talk about tempo SVP. It's a new concept. I I, I, I ran in and already go. yeah tempo tank. I, it it pissed me the fuck off when I remember when they <laughs> launched that cell. That was funny as shit. Tempo. All right. <laughs> I think it was the marketing team getting in the way. To be honest, more than anything, yeah. I think the marketing team yeah. were like, "We need a slogan." That's never happened. We need a slogan. 
Anyways, so did you did you get your it thoughts out of Ramatra? We're done. I think we're done with Ramatra. I don't. Okay, know. then go I ahead and talk me through Sigma. Then, uh, okay, Spilo. Um, he's really fun. I I do think that uh, he at least he has range going for him. He doesn't have the mobility, but he he he's missing out a little bit on the mobility. So he definitely feels like. Okay, can we just ignore just for the sake of this conversation? I'm just going to ignore Circuit Royale because I freaking hate that map. It's Sigma's map, but that's the map problem, not a Sigma problem. Um, I think Sigma's problem is that because of that lack of mobility, he's he's not able to consistently take the trades that he wants. So sometimes, like if you've ever played Sigma on King of the Hill, you, you legitimately feel like you're trolling, like you're you're throwing. Like he's not fast, he's not quick, he's not tanky enough to like trade with backline fast enough so that if you eventually have to go to point for point pressure and then you end up dying. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think we necessarily need every tank to be perfectly viable in every circumstance, but I still feel like he's a little too niche heavy because... Um, I don't know. Like, I don't want to. His shield doesn't need a buff, but I, I do feel like he's a little slow. Fair enough. Yeetle, can you, I say something? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you brought up a really good point. I don't think I've ever seen a Sigma. If I have, it's been a handful of times. Ever on King of the Hill outside of Mecha yeah. Base. I, I, yeah. I can't remember it. I can't remember seeing a Sigma on that map. So I, I think it, it. Sigma does have a problem of just like he's really good at poke, but he's kind of a dive target, and his team can get brawled as well. Like. He's got two weak points, and it's because of his mobility. That's the big thing. Um, yeah. Winston can't beat any tank in a 1v1. Winston can't really beat Sigma, but when Sigma's like the one tank that I'm like, ah, he's, a good shot. he's all right, right? And like, that's kind of damning for the Sigma. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, let's go to Salt. Salt, go ahead. Give me your take on Sigma. Um, I agree, but I don't even think he needs to be good on King of the Hill maps. He's he's really good on payload maps and control. Well, not control point, but you know, like taking the first point. I guess Blizzard World, uh, Iconwall first map is he's quite decent. Um, Hollywood, he's quite decent. I think in general he's quite decent hero. He has a lot to his kit. I, yeah. I mean, I don't even think they need to change him. I just think he's just a hero that doesn't fall into that fast pace scenario, and and that's okay, you know. I think more heroes should be like where they're made for a certain circumstance or a certain playstyle, and that's okay. Like he, you know, he can—he's not the one shot. He's not the aggressor, but he's definitely, you know, the protector, healing, or whatnot on certain maps. I've actually really enjoyed playing Sigma recently. Like just before I stopped playing tank, I was—I found myself gravitating to Sigma just because. Fun. Just because uh, he's actually one tank that's quite reliably, like, completely doesn't really care what the rest of his team is doing. Or at least I found it this way, where you can kind of just, like, you just kind of sit there and you... As long as I think you have time and, and like, you are you have the ability to be patient on this particular scenario, I think Sigma's great. Because when you have, like, 30 seconds to just keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, eventually you start hitting rocks and getting kills. The problem is when that isn't allowed, right? When it's, like, either the game mode, as we talked about King of the Hill, or, like... The compositions are speeding the game up too much where you're like, oh, I'm trying to chip away. And then their team just like ran at mine and killed them before like my volleys even did anything. But in situations where I'm like, okay, my team is useless. I'm just going to stand here, Sigma, and just start fighting stuff. And then eventually the damage will tell. Like I've actually enjoyed him on Flashpoint, surprisingly. You know, we're talking about King of the Hill not being good. But I actually found him quite fun on Flashpoint because I felt like there's a lot of flank angles. So there's a lot of places where you can just kind of stand at a slight off angle and just poke away a Sigma and then whatever damn be whatever else is doing. But I don't or know if open. you... 
yes, it is. It's more open and more flexible. And there isn't the, the need to anchor on point because in a lot of the King of the Hill maps, it's like a very narrow area and this is the point here. And if they force point, there's very few ways into it. Whereas that's not necessarily the case on Flashpoint. So, Flats, I'm curious if you've had any experience with Sigma recently. Um, I mean, as much as every GM player has where you get Circle Royale and you're like, cool, I'm playing Sigma this game. Yep. Um, <laughs> I do think he, he doesn't feel that bad. I think Sigma actually feels pretty decent against like, against like Bastion, you know, because you do have a few extra tools to deal with him and there's a lot of Bastion flying around. But at the same time, I think about to myself, if Circle Royale just had a bug and got taken out of the game tomorrow, how how often would I see a Sigma? Probably not very often. Um, I don't think people are going to really play him. There's not really a point. Uh, but I also don't think he's bad. I just think that he had a few small, like, micro nerfs. Like, they did, did a few things. Um, one of the more impactful ones was taking away his one-shot combo with his rock left click. Um, not saying they need to really totally bring it back, but... I think that's also another example of, you know, tank decay where everybody kind of mm -hmm. got uh, power creeped and the tanks kind of got power nerfed. Um, so it's like, I don't think he's bad design wise. I don't think he's bad at, at all. I think that it's fine that certain tanks don't get played on certain maps. Like, you know, I in Overwatch 1, we never thought about playing Sigma on Control to play Sigma. We played Double Shield with Sigma. Like, but if you played Control and you weren't going to play Double Shield, you didn't play Sigma. Like very rarely, if ever, um, you'd you'd play like your 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 Rhine Brawl maps, or you'd pick your like Ball maps. Like Ball is really good in control, uh, you know whether it was like Ball Hog, or if you did go to the Ball Sigma variant. But like you know, I don't know, I don't even know. If, like he's like, okay, we're playing Oasis here. Let's play Ball Sig. You know, it's like, yeah, did you, did you really do that? I don't think so. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with him, but uh, I, I think it's just a classic case of kind of just got a few small nerfs, so he doesn't feel that impactful except on those couple maps and i don't know i guess that comes down to design philosophy like are you okay with only playing certain tanks on certain maps um and that is the way you want to do it like a map based meta which i don't think is the worst or you know do we start to look at it and just go hey like maybe he got one or two maybe too many small micro nerfs and give him a small one back and now now he's not just circuit royale he's also back to Junkertown, because Junkertown used to be the Sigma map as well, um, but I don't see Sigma very often on Junkertown anymore. I see, uh, I'll see Arissa, I'll see Zarya, I will see uh, not a whole lot of ball, but sometimes on first people play ball if the like Widow's really good on your team. Um, but yeah, like I just might might be one of those spots where you don't really think about it because you still see him on certain maps. Yeah, I think. I think the other thing I want to mention is alt feels a little bit clunky now. I think in Overwatch 1, his alt made more sense. But in Overwalk 2, it I, I whiff like 9 out of 10 of my ults. I'm not going to lie. It's a skill Hashtag issue. Is brutal. It's a skill issue, but and like it's just lamped. so it's so easy. Good. Exactly. It's so easy to like run away from it. And like you're never going to catch more than two people max. And it's so easy for those two people to be saved if you oh, catch them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, I saw the funniest thing. So the in one of my games the Sigma was ulting and his life were pulled him and he was invulnerable like his thing still went off I tried to sleep him or something and he's just like he was just invulnerable while getting life we were <laughs> while ulting so I was like this is a odd interaction I never thought about but yeah so I think I think there's room for thought with Sigma but as you guys have mentioned it's like he's uh, he, su he suffers from the problem a lot of tanks too which is they're always fighting to be the best at a thing and if you're not the best at a thing there's like no reason to be there and that's inherently going to be a problem unless we, we really work uh, at that five, issue Monka? 
Yeah, I know Sam's already like 5v5 uh -oh. problem, 5v5 problem. Probably somewhere. I mean, yeah, a lot of these issues are because of 5v5, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you know? Bring back is one shot. I mean, it's like one of the most fair one shots in the game. It has a wind up. You literally use cover, get healed, and you don't die. I I don't know why they took that away. Yeah, it's a simple one. Yeah. Yeah, it's not only is it you have to land that and then the yeah. volley afterwards, which can often go wrong, right? Because it's like sometimes yeah. one of the two misses and you're like, oh shit. Or someone walks in front fall of off an arc. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's a fair, fair fair ask. Okay, let's head over to our second last tank then, Winston. We've talked a fair amount of him in passing, but uh Yido, you go first. Give me your thoughts on the monkey. Um I'm having a brain fart right now. Can someone else go? Okay, okay. Uh, Spilo, Winston's been very dominant in Overwatch League. Uh, any thoughts? Because he has a ridiculous skill ceiling. More tanks should aspire to be designed like him, to be honest with you. Like, I think, like, I think anytime we see a Winston meta, I mean, obviously having a Winston meta for seven months in the Overwatch League is hit or miss for a lot of viewers. But that was as much enabled by the, like Flats would say, was as much enabled by what was going on besides the tank, right? In terms of why Winston was being played. Uh, great hero, great design, very healthy skill ceiling, very healthy skill curve, more tanks should be like him. No comments, that's it. And yet the frustration, I think, and I'm going to take this to Flats now, the frustration I think I heard a lot of tank players plays is with Winston is that in solo queue, he's so easy to counter and he's so easy to like counter pick. Well, I mean, even, I mean, to be fair right now, I think the thing that, really screws him more than anything is bastion i think bastion i mean he did just get the the nerf to uh the uh, the like the shift like armor the, healing, yeah, yeah the armor because like winston yeah. notoriously has always been really bad against armor um like it, it armor doesn't behave the same way but back in the day uh you used to punch the armor off because like you would do more damage by punching than by left clicking uh to try to like knock characters armor off uh and bastion has armor on top and then also has ironclad so like you would try to go for their backline or try to go to make a play and then even if the bastion was taking poke on the way in and you like you know like let's say you were landing somewhere near him and you saw that he'd taken a little bit of damage a second those supports go to look at each other so they're going to heal each other the bastion doesn't need healing he healed himself plus he has ironclad plus he's going to start shredding your bubble and you don't have time to get another jump to get out you're dead most of the time and that's not including the fact that you probably got slept or you got naded or they suzu'd for a second so you're not doing damage for a second or two in there uh, or you got whip shotted by the brig or the brig pop rally and now you're doing absolutely fuck all um never mind getting bashed slash just having an extra hundred armor slash bap just probably jumps away or he has his shift because bap basically has three effective health pools with uh his lamp his shift if he's below uh 50 hp and just like just full health instantly plus his original health pool so you, you, you ain't getting him half the time uh and plus it's like a mini soldier 76 so but like bastion i sorry not bastion winston's good um even with all those things but just like when there becomes one too many it becomes a little bit difficult to to deal with at least in ranked like solo key play I, even like something like reaper right like you know every silver tiktok player says oh, Re oh winston i go reaper a good Winston player ain't too scared of a Reaper. Yeah, it's going to be ass. You know for a fact he chases your ass. Like, it's not going to be fun. But then once you leave, well, Reaper does fuck all because he's an up-close character. Bastion doesn't have that problem. Bastion still has the range. Uh, even in his uh, recon mode, he's like, he does good poke, good damage. Reaper doesn't do that. He needs to be up close. He needs to be rushing in. He needs to be enabled some way. 
um, to right. do that or having them come to him. So, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just saying like, I, I think Winston uh, always has been the staple character of Overwatch. And it's like when Winston's good, the game feels pretty good. Um, and I think that certain things can kind of like make it better or worse. Uh, I think that's why originally, at least in my opinion, why Brig got the alt rework. Cause like Brig was, I mean, Winston was so good. And also giving her, uh, they also did like, you know, it was like, oh, we don't think Rally's that impactful, even though, you know, the new Rally's insane, at least in my opinion. Uh, but I think Winston could easily could return again. Uh, I don't think he needs any changes. But if the current state of the game is going to continue this way, like this is the way our balance philosophy is, he might need a change. But I think that's going the wrong direction at that point. Right. Salt, you kind of were shaking your head and nodding at points. How do you feel about Winston? Um, yeah, I think he's a great character. I think he's fun to play. He has very good, you know, uh, very high uh, choice-making skill. Not mechanically straining, but, you know, unless you're juggling. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, we had a Winston meta, but it kind of just gets old very quickly, I guess. I, he is fun to play, don't get me wrong, but he just gets very old. And I don't know if it's just, like, just me or what, but... Yeah, right now, the game, how he works, it's just... it's. I don't know how many people have played Winston here, like, recently, but... Pylon? If you've tried zapping Pylon, you need three full charges to, to kill it. And it, that is fucking ridiculous, especially with Torb Turret... Symmetra. Oh my god, it's like Bob the Builder, you know? Like, you're just struggling here. Yeah. And, um, on top of that, when you dive someone, obviously, I'm not saying you should be able to out-DPS supports, but when you're nanoed and you're shooting someone, and... Super clip. Yeah, that clip was a bit, yeah. I made a TikTok about it. You should see the comments. It is wild. <laughs> it but is yeah, legitimately, he's... like, the dumbest replies you could imagine. It's just a bunch of people who just don't understand the game. So, he's very frustrating to play. Especially when you get three kills or four kills and you basically carry your team. Then you look back, everyone's dead. And you're gonna lose because the last person you you have to go against is Sebastian. You're just there like, oh, fuck. And then you just gotta reset all over again. I, personally, I think if they're gonna keep him like this, they could either implement a little bit more DPS. Just a little bit more. Or... This is a wild take. Not a lot of people agree with it. If he zaps you for like three seconds or four seconds straight, I think you should get stunned for 0 0.5 seconds or a second. I know that's quite OP, but like, it's just ridiculous how everything against Winston is so strong. Why not have something else that you can fight against, especially when supports can do a lot. But that's just my take. It doesn't have to be a long stun, but an interrupt would be nice. Or just add add something to him if he's gonna it could if, be if yeah it, it could be a damage burst instead of a stun because i know people hate stuns, yeah that, but... like even that like it doesn't have to be a stun it's just he needs something because everything else is just so much damage to him especially when you get hit by a lari oh and then bastion looks at you oh my god you're gonna get nuked yeah liari definitely is a problem for winston because you just kind of get screwed you jump she she shout or does it a roar or whatever it's called and like you runs away puts the pylon in a spot where you can't hit both. It's kind of like the lamp thing as well. It's like, you can't hit both now, so, like, they're going to shoot you while you're shooting the thing, and then when you're done, 
the shift is back up. So she, so it's like, is a, there are those problems. But Yudel, how do you feel? You feel like we kind of got a range of feelings here. Some people feel like it's very good. Maybe I, some... I think overall, I think overall he's like a really strong and safe hero. And I think that the balance team should look at what's working with him. And a reason why he's very strong and good, I think, is because he has a lot of outplay potential to his counters. Like usually, just one counter is not going to be enough to take him out of commission. Like Ana has sleep dart, right? He can bubble to sleep midair, or like he can get a feel for the Ana to bubble it off. Or if they have Brig with a whip shot, same story. Like I think there's there's outplay potential, which is big, and a lot of the tanks sh should get something more similar. Like I don't think Winston really has a tr problem until there's multiple counters coming at him. Which at that point, it's kind of like, all right, they're playing a comp. You're probably not. Right. Right. So, that's my take. It happens almost instantly, though. Like, I think, like, the Aspen clip. You know the Aspen one? The 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 Brig one? Yeah, I think of that. And, like, Brig Ana is really good uh, with dive and against dive. So, you know, you already got three or four, you know, just with Brig Ana, like, depending on how you want to count it. Uh, then you put in the DPS ones, potentially, now. And then you also put in, like, you know... Are they playing Winston? Or are they going to play Diva? Because they're like, oh, I'm going to do the Peel style. And it can go downhill really quick. Even though he's strong, like, are you actually having fun on Winston? I don't know. The answer is up in the air. For me, it's just the ease of DPS swaps. I know we talk a lot about support, but I feel like Winston has ways of playing around support stuff. And, and besides, like, Sombra hack, you can avoid Reaper, yeah, but like we said, as soon as it starts to like multiply up, I agree with Flat Bastion is the number one offender. But even stuff like Torbjorn can be difficult because not only can he, he's very difficult to dive, but he can also take angles and pressure you out at range. Like a Bastion, there's no like real weak point there. And again, the problem goes that like, how hard do I have to work to outplay you versus somebody can just swap to this hero and find value? I think that's the that's the issue. So again, I, I think Winston's probably fine, but it's just like there's a couple of picks that are just simply too easy, and they make everybody sad. And it's not an accident that we keep bringing up the same characters. The same. Yeah, I think during uh during World Cup, I had Kron on uh Kron Dop on my stream to talk about like you know games and stuff like that. And he was telling me that during World Cup there was because like they didn't have a whole lot of time. There was two styles of play. There was the good teams they'd run dive, and then the bad teams would run anti tank comps. And they would just like stack like Torb Reaper or like Sojourn Reaper or whatever. And we just all in kill the tanks as fast as they could, like the Winston or Ramatra. That was their whole game plan. And a lot of those teams actually won a lot of games just off that game plan of just like, we are going to all, we are just going to all pick whatever screws their tank the most, kill him and we'll win. And, and it worked. Well, sad that that worked at such a high level too, which is, you know, I'm sure a lot of tank players would be like, man, fucking works in my elo, works there. Like, what's what's going on here? But again, I think we've we've touched on in many parts what why that happens. I think we've talked about a lot of the offending heroes and abilities that make that a thing. So let's head over to our final tank to discuss then is Zarya. Uh, I'm going to take it to Yil again. Yil, you know, you said last time when I gave you put you on this ball with Winston, you were like, oh, give me a moment, give me a moment. What about Zarya? How do you feel about Zarya? Yeah, I think Zarya is actually like uh, Zarya was the last tank that I played last season. Uh, I've just been playing support this season, and she's one of the more fun tanks because she has an answer to like all the BS in the game. Like, she can just bubble, sleep, boop, and nade anything. Like, it's it's really strong. Um, but overall, I think again, she has a lot of outplay potential against all these things, which is what makes tanks fun when you just like don't have to just eat shit the whole time. Um, 
And I guess the last thing I'd say about Zarya is I still think Double Bubble is OP. Like, she was, I think she was meta in like the beta of uh, Overwatch 2, and it's because yeah. she could like Double Bubble Reaper, which is crazy. And then they nerfed yeah. it. No cooldown right? at all. Like, back back. Back to back. And I, I, I personally believe that she shouldn't be able to double bubble herself because, again, like maybe like a 0.5 second, maybe one second, you have to feel it out. I think there should be a punish window of like, okay, Zara use bubble. If she doesn't go to cover immediately, like a smart, a good player would do, go to cover when you don't have invincibility. Um, you should be able to shoot at her if she's out in the open. But just the fact that she might have another bubble, you don't know. So it's like, I, I that's the only thing I'll say. I think, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it can be hard to track because the third bubble is always coming, right? And you're like, you're not exactly sure when that's coming. Uh, I think, Flats, you talked a lot about this in the past, the sort of the, the triple bubble potential of Zarya. How do you feel about her right now? Um, So I've actually been playing a lot of Zarya myself uh, when I don't get forced onto Orisa or get yelled at to go on Orisa. Um, and I think I found way more value just bubbling my teammates half the time now. Um. People like unless I'm like full charge, right? If I'm full charge, I'll walk up with my own bubbles and I'll try to delete somebody. But at least in the beginning of the fight, um, I got like a Genji that's like really playing aggressive, or you know, a Sojourn that's really playing aggressive, and that bubble is so big. Plus, it gives you 45 charge if you get a full like you know full burst on it, which is nice because like being at 90 charge is kind of a little bit better than being at 80 charge at the beginning of a fight. Um, and half the time, if it's an Orisa on the other side, the Orisa's not playing the run at me game and try to kill me. They're playing the sit there and avoid me from doing anything game. So I sit there and kind of just wait till I'm full charge and have bubbles. And then I do the, you know, I have one and a half bubbles after bubbling somebody, start walking up. Then they force my second bubble and they're like, oh, that's both bubbles. But guess what? My third one was right on the right on the edge of the horizon there. And guess what? I got now I got my third bubble and you all in thinking I only had two, but I have three. And then I kill whoever all into me, survive, and then we keep rolling. Um, so it, it kind of goes to Yeetle's point there. It's like, you never know. It's so hard to keep track of it at this point. Um, plus, I don't know. I ha we haven't seen it that much, but I think it's because Bastion's so good. I was I was pretty sure we were going to see the Zarya Reaper bubble meta come in. And maybe, you know, maybe it'll end up being a thing in like Overwatch League or something. I don't know. But uh, at least in ladder play, I haven't seen it that much because I think Bastion's just a little bit more consistent um, in games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, back at the start of Overwatch, that's what I was doing. It was like me, Seagull, Emong with three stack, and I just bubble Seagull in every fight on Reaper, and he'd kill it, literally kill the entire team. I just, <laughs> just played AFK. It was great. Uh, so, other than that, though, I think she's okay. Uh, I think she's fun. I don't think there's a huge problem with her. Uh, but I do think that she, maybe on some levels she'll always kind of be one of those characters where uh, you either buff her and she comes a little, little too strong, or... You nerf her, and all of a sudden, nobody plays her for three months. Salt, I've heard a lot of people feel like Zarya's unfun, like both to play and against. Do you agree with that? Yes. I feel like Zarya's that one hero that if you just want to turn off your brain, pretty much, you play. Because it, it, it it's always and forever been that hero that DPS play tank, and they jump on Zarya. Because it, it's just very simple. Bubble, timing, it's not hard to learn. And you just aim and shoot. I, I do like Zarya as a hero. Uh, she does have her weaknesses and she has a lot of strengths. But I don't know, it's just... Again, it's just not fun to play against or to play. 
Because most of the time when I've played Zarya, I just get fucking one shot from across the map by Widow, or I'm getting beamed down. But when I go against a Zarya, I'm thinking in my head, like, bro, has she got five bubbles? What's going on? She always has a fucking bubble. And then any time I'm on another target, it's a bubble. So it's very frustrating. I think she's very strong. Um, but yeah, like Flat said, she is on that verge of being very, like, too much or, like, too weak. And um, I think right now she's okay, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think being able to double bubble yourself is a bit too much. But I agree with Yeetle there as well. Right, so add that potential cooldown. Spyro, anything to add on, on Zarya? Yeah, I mean, I think she suffers from a little bit the Arista Syndrome where you have, like, a Brawl tank with no mobility, you know? So it's, like, sometimes it feels like there's... You're playing Beam Simulator, just like... just like, felt like I've got AM radio in my ears, like, 24-7. Or, like, Salt was saying... I'm playing a sniper comp and I'm like, can I play guys? Like I'm zero charged the entire game. So if you don't have like that DPS going aggressive with that dive comp or that brawl tank to like trade with it, it can feel kind of bad. Um, I know I'm the mobility creep guy, so you know, whatever. But <laughs> it, it, at least she has the ability to like take space or help people take space split from her that Arisa doesn't have. Like I can bubble, you know, the Genji guy over there or oh, my backline's getting dove over there. I can bubble that off and help there. So that that's definitely helpful. But I, I do think like, it can still be a little bit weird with Zarya where it's like, if the fight's right here, I'm great. If it's not, I don't have the Ramacha, I don't have the Junker Queen mobility, um, or even really the consistent range that they have. And I definitely don't have pin, like Ryan, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if it's if it's here, I'm good. If it's not, you know, I think she's okay. I think she's not near the top five, six, seven heroes that I'd even want to concern with, but I, yeah, not not my favorite character for those reasons. Yeah, a little bit boring, I, I would feel as well. It's just a little bit one-dimensional, but yet complete in some ways. Like, she's she's one-dimensional in the sense that it's like, you're just like, bubble and energy and shoot, but then, like, the completeness yeah. comes from the fact that the bubble can go other places, and so you're not right. you're not only doing one thing. You can throw a bubble on someone else, and that's fine. But then, from your end, it's just like, hold M1, and then, you know, right-click at range. It's like, it's kind of, yeah, it's not dynamic, I guess, and maybe that's something down the line to look at, but who knows, considering the... Yeah, myriad of other things idea. myriad of other things that are far more important which is where we will head to for our concluding thoughts so i know we've gone it's been a it's an epic you know three-hour marathon here of, of just discussing tanks so i appreciate you guys giving me your time for it so let's have concluding thoughts and we'll bring back some hot takes so give me your like this is the number one thing they need to do for tanks now that could be a specific tank that could be tanks overall but your number one argument sell it to the audience listening, what should they do for tanks? I'm going to go to Spilo first. Spilo. Healthy skill curves for every character, DPS support and tank. Cheese of support, ease of application with support CC, ease of application with DPS value. That's the curse for tank. Tank has to deal with it more than any other role because we're the front line. We have to interact with everything of the worst. So if Reaper, Bastion, ease of application for Discord, ease of application for Javelin, uh, cast a grenade, as we were talking about earlier, Mayfreeze, everything that's easy to apply and, and, and stupid in terms of skill curve, the tank has to deal with it. So I know two people talk about, oh, low ranks, low ranks, low ranks. Low ranks deal with it just as much as high ranks, if not worse. Bastion is even worse to deal with for a low rank player than it is for a high rank player. Just healthy skill curves. It's good for bronze. It's good for Overwatch League. Very succinct. He had the answer ready. I think he did the homework already. Uh, let's go to Flats next. Flats. Mm, oh, man. 
I don't like this, but this is going to be my answer anyways. I don't think there is one thing we can do and fix it. I think it's become a fundamental systematic problem uh, that neither 5v5 or 6v6 can fully even just, like, if we just tomorrow turned it on, which uh, newsflash is not going to happen. Um, even if we could, it wouldn't solve it. Uh, game has changed so much over the years, and uh, I think we're kind of fucked. And it's, you know, being the smallest amount of players of the player base, but also being what is always looked at as the most impactful. It's the first thing people look at. They always go, oh, my tank, my tank sucks. So oh, I cannot tell you how many times I have watched or I've played or I've seen. And, the you know, people are like, oh, my tank is terrible. But meanwhile, both supports are looking the opposite directions doing DPS and they have not gotten healed a single time. And they're like, well... You know, I'm supposed to do damage. I'm like, yeah, you are, but like your poor guy is dying on cooldown or the opposite happens where they're all just pumping everything into them and then they don't kill everything. And they're like, well, I gave you all my resources. Like you're supposed to be better. That must be a tank diff. And it's like, you just cannot win. And there is no winning anymore. And even when you win games, it still feels sad. And I think that's probably the worst part of all is you don't feel happy you won a game you feel relieved that you won a game. And I don't know how to change that. Damn, dude. Making me sad. Making me sad. Salt, come on, make me happy. What you got? Um, well, to make Tank a healthy, better, enjoyable role, yeah, they need to take a good look at support. And, well... DPS is fine, I guess, in my opinion, because you can have answers for those. But support, I just don't like the fact that one character has an answer for everything I do on the support line. And the worst part is there's two of them. I think if they take into account how stupid it is for supports to be able to do so much, especially have an ability that negates my entire ult, ah, uh, yeah, it's just not enjoyable. I think that's the worst thing about the game is when you sigal and someone, you know, life with a poor boy, you got someone in the corner and then you got a cleanse. It's just, I don't know. For me, it's just, I've done all this work and just the support just instantly takes it away from me with one ability. Doesn't even have to aim. It's just like, nice, man. Nice. GG's. <laughs> GG's, GG's, Yeetle. Is it GG's? ggs man no no i don't think so i think um the problem is like there's things that are in the game that are broken and the way i describe broken is if most of the roster count out play it then it's broken in that sense and i feel like the list isn't very long it's one shots it's immortality and it's ana because most of the roster can't do anything to deal with that and i think you can go one of the two ways you can either buff tanks to have tools to better deal with those things or to outplay it, better said, or you can just nerf those things, which I would prefer if that happened because I, I just think it would be better. So that's that's pretty much it. I think um, deal with one shots, immortality needs more of a catch to it, and uh, Ana has way too much going for her between sleep and nade. How do you, how do you block it? It's only Matrix can stop it. Every other tank gets fucked. One of the two are hitting them. So yeah. I just want to say, like, imagine how mad supports would be if we had immortalities or a movement ability that self-healed us. Just saying. Or self-cleanse. Just saying. Or an instant escape through the walls to my teammate. Just saying. 
Well, they are 500 HP. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, another thing as well. Why the fuck can Junkrat one-shot you with ult? Like, I, that's so dumb. I'm just going to say, Tyre, Tyre needs a looking at. It should not be able to one-shot you, even if you're not using mitigation. It should leave you at, like, one health. Or, like, you know, 50 health. It should not one-shot you, no matter what tank I'm playing. I'm just going to say that. It's scattered. So parting shots fired in every direction there from us. <laughs> Jesus, Sorry. man. Yeah. Sorry. I think from my perspective, I think there's a bigger problem that the devs have to address. I don't know if they will address it. I kind of share Flash's cynicism in the in the sense that I don't even see it on the horizon of like issues. I I, I just think the way the workflow of Overwatch 2 is, it's like I don't think they're ever gonna stop to be or maybe if they will, it'll be like two years from now to stop to be like, hey guys, should we actually think about like the the format change we made and like what that means for how to like address our game? What do we want our game to look like and like how should it play? I don't think those are things that are on their forefront. I think a lot of it is just like, oh my god, just make sure that roughly everyone is fifty percent win rate and roughly everyone is getting picked a lot. Like that's that's like the it's like the you're constantly curing the the symptoms but not the disease, right? You're constantly just doing one thing right now instead of looking at what I think is like just the the what I spoke about earlier in my rant about like the star player role of of, of tank is just that there you've created this situation where there's a singular character with a lot of responsibility where every other role has a partner to kind of split the job with but you haven't really fundamentally made sure that that one person can have a satisfying experience and is properly equipped to do everything that's being asked of them. I agree that there's a community issue. I think the community has not caught up on helping their tanks. Like, there's a lot of, like, I'll pick whatever I want, and my tank better make sure he counter swaps to their tank, otherwise, or, you know, whatever they're now swapping, he better swap off, but I'm locking Mercy. You know, it's like the number of times when I was playing tank, it's just like Moira Mercy, and I'm like, there's no way I win this game. Like, I just cannot win this game, like, with this back line. Like, it's, it can't be done. It's kind, of, it's kind of what Salt talked about earlier with Ryan, like, with his whole thing. It's like, people don't want to do that. They don't no. have fun with it. So, like, you're just, you're screwed. Yeah, which is why I think I think there needs to be an answer somewhere. I don't know what the answer is. I can throw out ideas, but I obviously cannot test them meaningfully. I think there could be something to do with like how much swapping occurs in a game. That's one thing that might help tanks is like some way to limit how much swapping occurs in a game. Whether obviously I'm a fan of the draft mode, but it doesn't have to be a draft mode. It can just be a limit of the number of times or the occasions in which you could swap. There could be ways to address how like three max heroes that you can swap to and you have to pre-select them. Yeah, something like that's that's an option, right? That's an idea and something maybe to address. It's the chaining of things that feels problematic as tank, right? It's not necessarily that I am upset that I get slept or hacked. It's when I get slept and then hacked and then a third thing hits me. So there's something that maybe addresses the stacking of, of crowd control on a tank. You know, Often maybe tank passive. Yeah, the so tank passive. Perform. And then, of course, as you guys have mentioned, the power of supports being able to like negate a lot but also not just one but two i think that's the problem if it was like maybe i know some people would have like the really crazy insane unhinged level takes where they're like let's have one like you know split the supports like you know how people were like well, there should be a specific off tank queue and a main tank queue if you could support yeah, split the supports right. to be like one emo only now now we could talk about like okay i've baited out enough of the cooldowns you know like one powerful cooldown holder only so like okay i got the kiriko to use her crap but the other hero, the other person's a Lucio, so that doesn't matter. Like they're not gonna just pop a cooldown and screw me. But now the problem is there's a Kiriko, but there's also like an Ana or a Bap that you need to worry about. So there's a lot of issues and a lot of potential solutions. I hope we consider them. Is all I'll ask of any developer listening. I hope we'll consider some of them and not just 
you know, stick our head in the sand, put a blindfold on and just like, oh, it's fine. We'll slap a buff on this guy and it's all good. So that's my feelings. Uh, any other thoughts from, from the fellas here? Raise your hand or anything you want to say before we let you get going. No? Awesome. Well, I know you guys have talked your heart out. You've given a passionate defense and argument and plea to tank players all over of, of how this the role feels. We'll hear what the supports think next time. I'm sure they think it's all a lot of hooey. But uh, from my end, guys, appreciate your time so much. So thank you very much to Spilo, Yeetle, Unsalty Salt, and Flas as always for giving me your time. Please show these guys some love and uh, peace out, guys. I hope I'll see you soon.